Hello, my fellow movie fans, and welcome to another show of Feast of Films Theater. Today, starring Matthew Black and Ethan R. Hill. There, that's the intro. Oh, yeah. Classic. Classic. This episode, too, because it's about Bond, we're going to do it entirely in British accents, right? <laughs> Probably not. I don't even do a good... Mine always turns to Australian, so I'm not very good at, like... Hey, are you saying there British. can't be a Bond, Austra an Australian Bond? <laughs> no, because that goes against the integral character. But no, who's dude, British? <laughs> no, he's fighting a guy. He he's like fighting a short henchman and throws him onto a barbecue, and it's like there's another shrimp for the Bobby. Bobby. And there you go. There's a reason to make Bond Australian. I think that's oh boy. There, that I like that idea. I'm gonna copyright that. Can be an Australian actor. <laughs> Gotta be English. Hugh though. Hugh Jackman is. Do you think <clears throat> Hugh Jackman could play a good Bond, or do you think he's he he probably could. He I don't think he. I would, think he's though. too silly. Like, I love Hugh Jackman, but I think he's too silly. Hmm. Roger Moore is pretty silly, too, in some of his hey, movies. you leave Roger Moore alone. And it's not... <clears> I don't <throat> think it's that he's I, silly as much as, like, his Some of his films are. are silly. Well, yeah, his Bond is a little silly, too, from time to time. It depends which ones you're watching. I mean, that's fair. That's. I guess that makes sense. I guess I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> hey... But like, I mean, like, they started off pretty serious, and then they kind of got silly by the time you get to Moonraker and shit. It's like, what? Double-taking pigeon, man. Double-taking yeah. pigeon. Hello, my fellow movie fans. Welcome to another episode of A Feast of Films. This is episode 007, and we got a very special episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about 007 James Bond today because it's episode 007. We honestly couldn't resist I'm yeah. Matt Black, and along with me always is... The name's Hill. Ethan R. Hill. Wait, do you like that shaking or stirred, sir? Uh, it depends on the day. It depends on the afternoon. <laughs> with an umbrella and a sword. <laughs> and a little cherry on top, please. And a chunk of pineapple, please, as well. And uh... <laughs> You I gotta have a fancy, man. You gotta have a fancy. Man, I'll be honest. Your name works better for... Your, your name works better for uh, that intro than mine does. <laughs> Ah, no, yours is fine. Well, no, because like black, Matt Black. That's no, that's the thing. You have the you have the two syllables, right? You have the the James Bond. Oh Matt yeah, black, yeah. Whereas yeah. like, even if I took off the R, I still have the Ethan Hill. Like I have three syllables. Ethan Hill. It's e Hill. Hill. Hilly Hill. I'm Hilly I'm, Hill. I'm Hilly. Like any <laughs> any college usernames was always like Hilly, and it's like great. <laughs> nice thanks classic classic <laughs> well we got a great show for you guys today lined up here again like i said we're talking about james bond we honestly couldn't help ourselves we're like episode 007 we gotta make it about james bond Why like, not? there's not even an option there's not even an option well and what a year so to we're do gonna it. there's hopefully one coming out this year hopefully yeah hopefully, at the end of the year it's supposed to come out April. Well, it was supposed to come out last year. Then it was supposed to come out early this year. Now, obviously, because of coronavirus and everything, it got moved to the end of I think November. Uh, this year. But yeah, back to November. So I'm, I'm hoping it's good. I'm really excited. I've always been a big fan of the odd number Daniel Craig movies. So well, I'm trailer, thinking I'm going to really enjoy this one. The trailer looked really good. Like, I'm... I'm it I'm, did. I'm on board for it. But I mean, like, honestly, it's, it's Bond. Like... We'll get into it, but it takes a very specific Bond film for me not to like it. Like, it's just, it's so... It's, it's, it's gotta be special. Exactly. 
Um, it's got to be some kind of special. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So today we're going to start. We'll obviously start with the question of the day brought by Ethan. Remember, if you guys have yeah. questions of the day, you can leave them down below in the comments section and we will try to integrate them into our very own videos. We won't tell each other which one we're going to use. That's why it's still a surprise, but we're going to roll with that. Then we're going to go through the Bond movies, not individually, but I think just by Bond by Bond kind of thing. And then we got a couple other little topics at the end, and then we'll wrap it up. But let's start with question of the day. Ethan, what do you got for us? All right, so I'm going to keep it in the theme of Bond because, you know, I think why, why the heck not? And also, it's, 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 it's we're going to start with a really important thing, and Matt's actually giving the hint as to what it is. Um, hey, Matt, what's uh, the best slash your favorite Bond theme? What's my best slash favorite Bond like, theme? I guess I guess song Bond song I guess is the best way to look at it because like the theme I think oh like the intro like the yeah, like, like the, the intro like song. the main like, intro there's so oh, okay much, there's okay. so much good music but also so much weird music attached to the Bond movie there is that yeah. like I feel like it's worth discussing and I think it made for a good you know decent question of the that's day a, to start off yeah man that's that, that's a but solid like, question of the day because like I get off both off the start both of us agree that like the main theme is just gold like it's like, money like right there's a reason you know why, exactly what's going on <laughs> like you just hear that first like the ba ba you know exactly like yeah that theme is so <laughs> iconic that in the first movie there's an entire scene of sean connery just looking for a bug in his room for about two minutes to that music <laughs> in one well, shot it's explained. and it's yeah. <laughs> still entertaining and interesting to watch it's good music yeah. oh yeah man. bonds always had really interesting music i used to have this so cd that was all like the bond intros like for yep. all like the intro movies and it was just the whole cd of them and it was amazing because you listen, obviously, from the beginning and go to the end. And it's literally this journey through time as far as music is concerned, right? So many, d yep. you see all the different types of music that was like big in those decades and eras. It's really interesting CD. I think it was like the best of Bond or something. Oh, yeah, no, I think I have it. Quite good. Yeah, I have it on my, I have it on my iTunes. It's say yeah, it's, and it's like, it's insane going through. There's actually like. Me and my roommate have sat down and actually just gone through them all, like, like just because we wanted to figure out what is the best or what like what makes the most sense, and like that's what I'm curious yeah. for you. Like, what's your favorite one? Like, let's start off with that. Like, what's your if you had to pick one to be your favorite that you like revisiting and listening to? Uh, I would say it's uh, my favorite one. I would say is probably from the more modern ones because obviously that's the type of music like we were uh yeah. you know kind of born into or whatever uh, i would say it's probably a tie between skyfall and yeah. casino royale's you know my name yeah that one's no, like, like that one's so tight. rocking man it's so yeah, rocking man. i love that one and skyfall by adele was obviously yeah like just amazing it captured like the whole feeling and emotion of bond like the tone of the character like just kind of like it it was like almost you could see it being like sung in like a smoky bar you know what i mean from the 60s kind of yeah. style like i really did enjoy skyfall but i think you know my name i like that one is tight it's so it's rock and roll and i love it honorable mention too i think living daylights was that another one it was it was a really funny song i liked that one just because it was weird it had some guy 
Who sang that Living Daylights? Was that Duran Duran? No. Was it? Maybe. Or Aha? Uh-huh. Was it Aha? Uh-huh? Oh, it was Aha, uh-huh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think Which it was is weird. Uh-huh, when you yeah. think about Duran like, Duran did you... a View to a Kill, I think. When you think, but when you think about Bond movies, you don't think about groups like you think about individual artists. You don't think about Aha uh-huh and Duran Duran. Like it's just so, yeah. it's so weird and out of place. But like when you know the time period that the movie was made in, it makes sense. It, it makes just sense. Yeah, make sense. Like I think a View to the Kill was Duran Duran. Um, I think so. But the Living Daylights was just like a funny song. Because it was like, oh, the living daylights, Then they had, like, the verses, which was, like, some dude. He sounded like Kermit the Frog. I can't remember how, like, the verses actually go, so I'm not going to sing it for, like, yeah. you know, because I'd be completely wrong. But the guy sounds like Kermit the Frog. And I was like, this is hilarious. Like, this is such a weird song. And it's so weird. Like, for Bond, again, I think of Skyfall. I think of You Know My Name. I'm like, to me, those make sense as, like, Bond songs. Yeah. But there's so many Bond songs, it's like... This literally is not the character at all, but it's so great because it's so the decade, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd have I'd have to go with you know my name. What about you, bud? What's um, your what's yours? So mine is my I like I technically have two favorite like ones, and one is one that doesn't feel like Bond at all, but the other one feels completely like Bond. And I'm gonna go a bit older, and that's my favorite just song, because it's such a good song overall, is Live and Let Die. Like that's yeah. just it's such a classic rock song. And just Paul a McCartney. good song, and it works. It works well with "Live and Let Die." It work. Mm-hmm. It fits. It's bizarre, but it fits. Yeah, but then the song. Yeah, but then the other one, uh, which just to me, that's the epitome of what Bond is, and I want more songs, Bond songs, to sound like it. Is Goldfinger? That's it's such a classic. Like, I know a lot of people might not like it because it's kind. Of, it's a bit grating with the trumpets and like. It's a little obnoxious from time to time, but, but no, I get what you're but saying. But it's so Bond. It's so yeah. Bond. And I think, like, it was, um, what was it, the one for Spectre? The, whatever Sam Smith did. I can't remember the name of the song. Oh, Writings on the Wall. Yeah, yeah that and was like, another good one, actually. That, like, was, so that was pretty good. I was on board with it musically, but I found his vocals weren't quite there. Like, I found, like, his vocals, like, they're good because it's Sam Smith and he just, the guy can sing. I'm never going to take that away from yeah. him ever but like it just the falsetto voice didn't necessarily work for me as a bond song personally but but like i forgot music, about that one that was actually pretty good too yeah yeah like that's the, they have a really good history of bond songs which actually that's that's another question how do you feel about the newest bond song honestly i saw that it was released freaking way back i yeah. never listened to it i haven't listened to it yet because the first time I like to listen to it is in the movies. So I'm like, nope, I'm just I'm just going to wait till the movie comes out. At that time, it was like just before the release in April or whatever it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um. So I figured I only had a little wait. Now it's November. But, you know, I've been busy enough, I guess. <laughs> well, then I, I won't share. But I haven't watched. I haven't yet. I won't share any thoughts with it then until you watch. I'm curious what you're going to think about it. But that's, that's something that. Did you like it? I wasn't a fan. I didn't really feel like, and I'm trying, I want to make sure that like, I also want to make sure that it's not just like, because it's Billie Eilish. Cause like, that's not a reason to dislike a song. And like, I like some of Fair her enough. songs. I like some of her music. But, I like, honestly have no idea what she does. Uh, that song, <laughs> bad guy. I don't know. I, I guarantee if you heard something, you'd probably be like, Oh yeah, that's her. Like it's, but it's maybe, 
it's one of those things you just like it just it doesn't quite feel like a bond song it just kind of feels like it's almost like it's not grandiose enough it's very to me it was very subtle but and a little oh, too okay. subtle for it and like i know you can have that but there's to me there's always got to be some kind of like grandiose and badassery to it you know like there's got to be something extra to it and that's where it just felt like it was lacking because even if you look at like writing on the wall had good instrumentation to it skyfall mm-hmm. it really did great yeah. vocals and instrumentation writing on the wall i like that we're completely <clears throat> skipping over quantum but like um that was done by uh jack white and alicia i want to say keys. alicia keys yep. right and like it's that not, was not a very it's not the worst song but it was not like, it's a jack white either. song it's it's white stripes yeah. it's it's not now that i think about it, it's not it's like yeah it's, it's not that bad but that's but kinda, it, it's not as good as the other ones were that sure. riff we just sang is the most interesting part about that song yeah to me at least again yeah you're right yeah uh, I guess another question I have out of curiosity here is I'm sorry I'm just throwing several question of the days at you but they're all music related <laughs> that's all... that's cheating but that's I'll allow it if you could I'll allow it if you could pick an artist to write a Bond song who would you pick who would you want to see write a Bond song hmm very interesting <sighs> Let's see. I don't know. You go first. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I put a lot of thought into it. And, like, there's obviously, like, there's, of course, like, the metalhead in me is like, yeah, like, pick a metal artist. But, like, no, no. Like, doesn't make, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. Honestly, for me, if I had to pick someone just in the music in- industry right now who I think could do a good job, it would be Ed Sheeran. The dude has a diverse range, and I think he could actually, like, he would know how to write a really good Bond song. I think he could. And he's English or Scottish or Irish, I think. Irish? <laughs> I don't know. He's he's one of those things up there in those islands. <laughs> but, like, but no, like, it, it's, it's one of those things that I really feel like, like, listening to his albums over the years, like, yes, he's a soft, folksy guy sometimes, but he also writes really good pop music. They're on his newest album collaborations he has a really good rock song like the dude has range mm-hmm. and i think if he you, does if, yeah. i think if you gave him like hey write a bond song he would write a really good bond song i think honestly i think that's where to me i think he's the best choice in the modern era um i'm trying to think of who else you would like that's i'm not caught up with a bunch of like artists like my music knowledge isn't as what it, good as it used to be yeah, that's the thing for me, like, especially when you're talking about modern music that I've been the last couple of years of my life, like I've really been into like classic rock just because of the station that I've been working at. Right. Yeah. So like I haven't honestly been caught up in like a lot of like the more like recent pieces of music, I guess. So I'm not exactly sure, um, especially when it comes to artists like. I feel for the most part, like, I don't want to just say anyone could make a Bond song. But, I mean... Yeah, I wouldn't say As long anybody. as they're talented, man. Like, as long as they have the talent and the vocal range to do it, then I'm okay with it. Like, I'm not... I don't specifically feel like this person or this person or this person would make a great song. 
because everyone's songs vary, right? It doesn't matter what artist you're talking about. Some artists make some great music. Sometimes they make some pretty shit music. So anytime you're asking them to make a specific piece of music, there's a 50-50 chance that that could be great or it could be shit. You know what I no, mean? That's like sense. even when you're looking at like old bands, right? You look at like Bon Jovi or something. Like their music back in the day, classic. Their music, more modern takes, have been not so classic, yeah. right? Just, just to put it gently in that type of terms, right? So everyone has, like, their highlights of their career and their lowlights. So honestly, like, as long as you're just bringing in the best person for the job as far as talent goes, um, that's going to give you your best chances of success, right? It's like actors and performers. Like, there's no... Like, what actor would be great for this role or this role or that role? It's like, as long as someone talented is in that role. Because you never know what's going to ultimately come out of it. But if you bring in the talent, you're going to have your best chances and opportunity for the best results. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I know it's kind of like a cheap out of that question. Because um, I don't really specifically can't think of anyone right now who would be like, that would be a great Bond person. Like, I like Adam Levine. Like, his music's great. Oh, no, yeah. Five. He actually also would have been a good choice. Vocally so, like, I, I, could, I could see, yeah, like, Vol- I could see him making a great uh, Bond uh, song as well. But, again, that you're talking about talent, right? Like, at the end of the day. Um, Foo Fighters, that would be an interesting one. That, like, that yeah, and there's so many, because... And because of the variation of Bond music throughout the history of time, there's no set really genre that would be like, wow, that would, that, that, like, it has to be in this genre in this box. Some of them are way out of the box. Some of them are very close to what Bond really is, right? Like, again, you look at my two choices. Um, you know my name from Casino Royale yeah. and Skyfall from obviously Skyfall. Two vastly, vastly different pieces of music, but both equally pretty freaking awesome so yeah i think food fighters would be great Moon five i think could do a great job but again as long as you're bringing in the talent i don't mind and billy eilish i guess she's really talented again i don't really i can't pick any of her music off the top of my head but i haven't been in that i don't know if i'm really her target audience in the end of the day anyway Maybe. i would say I'm, i would say i'm probably not like i don't know i do like most kinds of music like i'm not like you know so i i guess maybe it would be it depends on um the actual song itself but uh you know she's won a lot of awards so clearly she's very talented so oh, yeah. bring in the best talent man and you know, hopefully we get the best results you know who i'd love to see write a bond song who's that madonna i think that she possibly could write a bond song eventually sherry did a bond song no no she made die another day and that is not a bond song that is a train wreck <laughs> At what point, aside she from She was already saying, in there too late, man. Too a, late. Aside from aside from saying the you title get of the one movie. Shot. <laughs> aside from saying the title of the movie, what about Die Another Day makes it a Bond song? Like that's the one. Like out of everything I've okay, listened to. Okay, what makes anything a Bond song? No, though? that's the thing. I, any other ones I listen to, they kind of like to me it makes sense i mean like honestly die another day as a movie like we'll get to that doesn't make sense as a bond. it's such a weird movie it's so it's such a product of its time but like the song just like doesn't it doesn't it feels like they wrote the movie and then saw madonna was making a song called die another day and then they decided afterwards to name the movie die another <laughs> day so they could use her song 
and that's how it feels to me. And it just, it just, it just is, oh man, it's just so weird. It's just such a weird song. It's catchy. I won't deny that. It gets stuck in my head, but not in like one of those good, like, die another day. Yep. Another day. I mean, maybe the music video doesn't help either. Because, like, that's something that. No, it's kind of a Bond song. So you disagree with me? You disagree with my assessment? I would say so. Like, well, I don't think it's way out there. Well, I'm afraid as far that, as, like, some uh, of the Bond songs I've heard, like, honestly, there there is really no set structure to them. It does yeah, kind of have, like, a... Bop, bop, bop. Like, it does have, like, a very spy feel. And again, a product of the time, right? And all the songs are a product of their time. Like, more than anything. More than they're necessarily oh, associated with James Bond. They're more associated with their time. Honestly, yeah. I think... As much as I may dislike the song or it might annoy me, I think you're right and I think I'm wrong. I can admit that. I, w- I will admit you are right in this situation. I can't be friends with you anymore, but... <laughs> well, that's it for the podcast. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for joining us. We will not be back next week. <laughs> Why'd you guys break up over the podcast? Madonna. It's all Madonna's fault. It's all Madonna. It's all Madonna. But no, like, I mean, you can have your point of view, too. Like, that's that's well, fine. You don't, have to, you don't have to agree with me at all. It's not so means. much that I don't think the song is necessarily... I don't think it's a bad pop song because it does what it needs to do it's it's a song and it gets stuck in your head just when i think of bond i don't really think of like techno and like that's the best way i can describe the tone of that song is techno yeah it's it just, very it, and like that's it's just not something that like that's the one genre like if they if they got skrillex to make a bond song would you be pretty upset <laughs> I don't know, man. So, like, <laughs> I've been upset with Bond songs like that have nothing to do with techno. So, I just flip a coin, man. Flip a coin. I mean, that's fair. It, it just, depends. It, just... What, it depends what they bring out. Unless Bond is like kicking butt to to techno music or to to uh, dubstep, then I'd be fine with that. I'm, that's honestly like, <laughs> but I'm cool, cool. With it. I'm cool with that. With like, honestly when it comes to dubstep in movies, as long as there's an action sequence going along with it, then I'm like, yeah, this is kind of great. And it's, it's, I have a weird relationship with techno. It's just, it's, it's catchy and I love it, but I also hate it because it's just like, it's, it's noise, but ah, I don't like it. <laughs> Where's the musicality? It's just a computer. You're, like, you're getting old, man. You're getting old. Oh, no, I've had these feelings for a while. Getting this old. Is... You're getting old. I mean, like, yes, I, I know I'm getting old. You don't need to remind me. But not as old as Bond is. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. But anyway, yeah, I think, that's it. I think that's good. Any other you don't have thing to anything add to, to music? add about the question of the day? Anything to do with the no, music? No, no. I, I think we I think we covered that pretty good. At least I did. I don't know. You, you feeling any? Hey, yeah, no, no, I feel like unresolved issues <laughs> on the music. No, because at the end. Of are the you day, doing good, man? At the end of the day, if I ever want to get angry about Bond bomb music i just gotta listen to live and let die and just not not care anymore let the rest of the world fade away man exactly. just just live and let die well it's live when i was young die. and my is it when it, when you were young and your life life was an open, was an open book. book yeah i used to say say live and let live, live. And let live. you know you did you know you did you know you did yeah in this ever-changing world in which we live in 
Won't you give it, give a, it a try? Try. Bum, bum, bum. Say, live and let die. die. Boom. Boom. Yeah. That's classic, man. It's so good, man. It's so good. And, like, it. But arguably, I guess, it against, against my own argument, that one technically doesn't feel like a Bond song. Technically, no. It does but, fit somewhat the movie, like the actual style of that film. Well, and yeah, like in, like, I love Living Let Die, honestly. Just as a movie, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. But that's, I think that's it for the question of the day. Do we want to move on to. Let's our... move. Yeah, man, let's move on to the main topics here. Uh, we're going to head into our Bond segments. And we're going to start right from the top. Sean Connery. The name's Bond. James Bond. Was what do you that? like oh, about him? Okay. I think I think that was good. <laughs> I'm a I'm a um, I'm a Scottish man playing and I are playing. I'm a, he's a Scottish man playing it, a British man. Playing yeah, as a Scottish man. <laughs> he's also played more or less an Irish man. Sean Connery just plays Sean Connery. Let's be real here, man. Like Sean Connery is just gold at the end of the day, man. Did he's you just know... gold. Did you know, speaking of gold and Sean Connery, did you know that he's in a Disney movie? Like, as a young man? Really? Yeah, he's in a movie called Darby O'Gill and the Little People, and it's about leprechauns. It's on Disney+, Plus, and you should check that out. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, interesting. Yeah, it's it's an old movie. I like it because it used to traumatize me because there's, like, a banshee in it, and it's kind of freaky. But, like, yeah, he was a Disney star for at least a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, before, I think that and that was pre-Bond. I'm pretty sure as well. Um, oh, okay, but uh, I like I really like Sean Connery's portrayal of Bond. However, there are a lot of uh, products of his time that also come with Sean Connery's Bond. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's saying it one way. Yeah, what's well, I think the best way the best way to illustrate it is in from Russia with love. He's like chilling with a lady down by the beach or something like that, and then he's like gets a phone call and he's talking to her and she's trying to or talking to the person on the phone and she's trying to flirt with him and then like he slaps his her hand really really hard, but it's like they added a punch sound effect to the slap, <laughs> and so it's just like <laughs> yeah, like it's just like it's one of the most like. It's not an intense moment, but it's like, why would you, why is that sound in there? And I think that illustrates the problem with old school Bond, because there's just a lot of, a lot of sexism. I'll admit that. I'll admit that's a problem with Bond. But it's like, it's almost become a good lesson in what not to do. (laughs) That's a great idea, yeah. So, but like, but honestly though, his performance is still good. He's got the charm to it. He's got a very chill nature about him when it comes to that and like you you could believe that he can throw down in a fight too like that's... oh 100 percent, yeah i think sean connery for me as far as bonds go he's definitely one of my favorite uh i think him between him and daniel craig i think you're looking at the most honest portrayal of ian fleming's idea of who james bond is like as a character um he, sean connery especially once you start getting to the roger moore area and you look back at sean connery you're like oh yeah he's definitely a lot more colder and calculated like as a character yeah there's not that there's not that warmth and that like swap super he is suave in his own way or like charming in his own way but it's not a warm charming like he is very cold he is very calculating he is 
a womanizer and not in a good way. You know, I don't can know you if there's be a good, a good way, way to be that. <laughs> I don't, a good way to I don't be know a if you can be. <laughs> I feel like that's just but, not. Like, but, but not in a movie where you're just like, oh, yeah, man, that guy's dope. You're like, when you watch it nowadays, you're like, damn, that seems not right. That's not cool. Like, <laughs> that's, uh, but again, that's a, product a, of, a product of his time, right? Like in a very extreme way. But yeah, I really. He's probably one of my favorite iterations of Bond because I am a bit, I'm more of a fan for the cold, calculated, assassin agent, Cold War era type. Uh, Although, like spy film, spy guy. I wouldn't say he's. I don't think he's a really good spy or assassin because, like, and it's right from the get go. He really likes to just introduce himself to people. <laughs> and like James like, Bond, James Bond. <laughs> by the time that you get to Roger Moore and past that, it's like, and people are like, everyone knows who he is. They're like, ah, your reputation precedes you. And it's like, aren't you supposed to be a secret yes. agent? <laughs> yeah. like, Everybody knows about the guy. You're like, okay, <laughs> but no one knows that's what he good looks point, like, man. Yeah, that's they, a fair point. Double O seven. Do you have a preferred <laughs> Sean Connery Bond film to watch? Do you have a favorite at all, or not? not so much oh or... goldfinger hands down man goldfinger is my favorite it's sean connery film like i Honestly... love again i love his portrayal of the character and his films are generally pretty good obviously well, again product of their time but goldfinger was standout even among his movies dude like honestly even just like even goldfinger as a villain is amazing yeah like like the laser scene where it's like oh you expect me to talk no, Bond, I expect you to die. Yeah, yeah. It's it just moments like that. Odd job is great in it. Like it, like there's it, it just, really. It's it's when you it's prime Bond ahead. in my opinion. Like I think it's just like if you need to know what who Bond is, if you had to show someone a Bond film so they know who and what Bond is, I think Goldfinger is the best one to show them. I hundred percent like agree especially with that it was the first i was gonna say it's the first movie where bond was really bond the bond that we know like you yeah. have like a lot of the gadgets um the kind of out of this world type of villain right like while he was grounded he was still like he was using a laser and he was gonna kill him you know what i mean like yeah. so he's kind of out of like just use a gun and, <laughs> yeah like dude, just, just shoot kill him. him man just shoot him man like just shoot him look i got a gun in my room we can go i can go get it we can shoot him right now we can do it together <laughs> like let's just do it let's just do it but like but like these they, these above these above human villains right like yeah. these kind of out of this world uh exaggerated type villains you have these crazy well, henchmen who can like cut off heads with hats and like the gadgets like, I love... and everything i think i mentioned the gadgets already but the yep. story itself was really solid the acting was solid the characters were solid i think it is just the again epitome of what james bond is and when we think of james bond that was the first movie because dr no was good from russia was good but this was the one that really took everything and put it together and we're like that is james bond well i feel like dr no and from russia set up things that led to that because dr no had yeah, a good sure, yeah. main they had a good main villain right they had a good kind of over-the-top villain um from russia had like that train fight that entire sequence mm -hmm. on the train is amazing that's but i don't really slick. remember anything other than that and like that's where i think from goldfinger when that happened it just like it reached what bond was and then every bond film after that has been trying to be goldfinger that's that goal right like that's the standard because like the golden standard <laughs> of golden finger 
Because Thunderball is uh. good. I like I like Thunderball well enough. Um, you only live twice. I need to address briefly because uh, it's one of the most insensitive moments in Bond history, where they for some reason decided that James Bond needed to dress in yellow face for some reason. Ooh, I didn't see that one. That was one I haven't seen. It's like I guess watch it because it's Bond, but at the same time, like be prepared for him to like. Full on haircut, makeup, and everything, and it's just—oh my god! <laughs> it's not okay. Like it's not. Again, it, product of the time, right? It just—I watch it, and it just makes me uncomfortable. But it's again, it's it's. Look at it from a learning tool of like, yeah, that's not okay, and like that's. It's just—it's not like it's not. You're not missing anything by not seeing it. Yeah, fair enough. I don't, I don't think so. Like it's—it's it's one of those ones of like. There are a few Bond films you can skip and you're not missing anything, and You Only Live Twice is one of them. Like, it's still fun, and I think that's the first... The problem, too, though, is that's the first appearance of Blofeld. Like oh, first, yeah, like, yeah, 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 And I so it's, so. like, it's a shame that, like, the first appearance of, like, your major bad guy who's, like, gonna be this overarching um, foil Villain. For, yeah. for Bond is introduced in one where it's, like... And racial insensitivity, okay. <laughs> like, it's just, it's... I don't know, man. Sometimes movies just don't age well. I think that's the best way to remember that. Well, yeah, right? <clears throat> and as a culture, we've definitely grown so much in the last, you know, 40 to 60 years, give or take, right? And uh, since that movie came out, yeah, 40, yeah, 60 years, yeah. I guess, from the 20s, roughly. I guess that came out, I think, in 67 or so, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but how much things have changed, right? And the culture and the, the way that what was acceptable back then was very different, right? And I guess it, it's kind of a nice way to show how much we have grown <laughs> since those days. And we're like, that is not right. Like, that, there's something wrong there. Think, like, if we were like, like, yeah, no, it's all good, then that maybe would be a problem. I feel like Daniel Craig isn't going to make an appearance in Yellowface anytime soon. I just feel like that's going to be a thing that we're... Uh... Watch the next movie. We'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, no, Who I don't sanctioned so. this? But it's... Well, it's like, again, you can have... But I think the argument could be... Like, someone could try and make the argument, oh, it's because it was set in Asia. But I mean, like, Bond has had how many films set in Asia now? And they've never done that again. They've yeah. never gone back to that. And I think it's because it was thing. not a good call. I think even for the time, it probably after that they're like, yeah, maybe not the best call. Yeah, because again, it's just it's it's that it's just insensitivity, and it's just like it, there is no reason for it other than like he's undercover. But I mean, like you could okay, be undercover could as be, a white guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a tourist. Okay, and like, does it matter anyway <laughs> since he introduces himself all the time? <laughs> yeah, I'm that's under- true. <clears throat> Just I'm like undercover. This... What's your secret name? Bond. James. James Bond. That's your actual I name. I mean... Um, uh, they never gave me one. John uh, Bond. <laughs> John Bond. Jimmy Jovi. Bond. No, John, it's John, <laughs> John Bond. John Jovi. Bond Jovi. <laughs> Classic. And then you have to, then you have to have Bond Jovi doing the theme song for that one. Just have to do it at that point. Anyway. No, that actually no, wouldn't and... be a bad choice either. Like it's. 
back to the well maybe the like back in the 80s man back in the 80s like not so much now i feel like if you gave them like again i think if i think it's it shouldn't be that hard to write a bond song if you give them the parameters i feel like it's a very doable and achievable goal yeah i demand anyway. matt i de- i demand that i i demand that matt writes a bond song it is it is up to you now you you have to do this now i've made a claim and i you you're more musical than i am maybe thank god no and... one watches this <laughs> <laughs> don't worry matt i'll i'll come back oh. to saskatoon and i'll pressure you into it we'll, we'll write one together. <laughs> yeah that'd be a bad call that'd be a bad choice bad choice you gotta find someone talented you know i just i just just saying that just saying that anyway I mean, you're you're a talented <laughs> guy aren't you <clears throat> not that talented oh man that's just that's just sad that's just sad. Why are you so mean to yourself, man? It's reality, man. It's reality. Anyway, let's get back to Sean Connery and not making Matt try and make him bond. What song. a hairy that... chest Sean Connery had. Oh, Holy yeah. crap. That man was hairy. <laughs> oh, dude, he 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 was. Like like was. man, I think I think the I think any villain just needed to set up like a velcro wall and get him shirtless and they could have stopped him. <laughs> that's, like, that's it, man. Game over. Yep. Game over. Bun lost. Life, life is uh Life is uh now over for bond he has been captured by velcro and uh out of sheer embarrassment now he is he's he's dead (laughs) that would be the worst um one of the interesting things about connery is how he left the role and no other bonds have done this he left the role and then came back to the role for a movie because on her majesty's secret secret service which was george lazenby which we just I don't know, whatever. Maybe we'll talk about it at some point. Oh, whatever. Um, but then after that, Diamonds Are Forever, Sean Connery came back to play the role again. And then, he came back many years later, time? he came again, third time, would never say never again. It wasn't an official Bond film, though. Like, it isn't wasn't it an a... Eon production. It was some weird copyright thing. I think it's a, but I think there it's was a, a remake, loophole. isn't it? Isn't it a remake no. of a different... No. I want to say it's a remake of another Bond was story. It? I can't remember. I know hey, Casino remember? Royale was a remake of another Bond story. Remember how we used Google like the... last time? <clears throat> yeah, you should Google it. I think it's a... But then he did, like, it won that... But it wasn't an official, like, Bond film. Like, like the ones that we have in the... Like, the that were thing produced is... by Eon. The weird thing is, I'm pretty sure it's a remake of a Bond film that he did. Like, I think it's... It might have been. Like, I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, it's it's a remake of Thunderball. Like he did Thunderball <laughs> twice. I don't know, and we haven't seen it. We've been planning to watch it for a while, but like, also apparently the title is a reference to Connery saying in 1971 that he would never, He'll never again play. play. Yeah. So they named the movie after that. That's great. That's amazing. You know that's, that's a winning movie when. <laughs> apparently, it's not bad. Like from what I've heard. Apparently, it's not the worst Bond film. I'm curious about it. Like, I'm really, like, we've been meaning to watch it for a while. So, I don't know. At some point, at some point, I'll watch it and I'll I'll report back to you. But, like, that's... Have you seen it or no? No, I haven't seen it, no. How have neither of us seen that? Uh, Because, like, it's not, like, an official Bond film right like it's it's definitely its own other thing it's its own beast yeah like it was done by a different production company someone somehow got the rights to it i don't know some kind of loophole 
and uh, they made that film. So it's That's not like insane. under the, it's not under like the Eon, like Bond films that we think of as Bond films. Like it was this really, it was this kind of its own entity yeah. over on the side there. But it's just interesting that he came back to do that again. Um, yeah, no, I thought he was a good Bond. Very, I thought he was very cold, calculating. Well, he set the uh, standard. I liked the character and the design, and he did. He is the OG James Bond in film. Um, when you can see, to me, I think yeah. you can see a lot, even with Daniel Craig. There's a lot of parallels between the two. Also, yeah. like, this is maybe just a total side note, but, like, have you ever noticed, like, Bond's always been, like, in shape, but never been, like, jacked Ripped. like he's never been yeah. an action hero he's just been like he's got like that barrel chest kind of thing going on and that's about it mm-hmm. like yeah. like you wouldn't want to mess with him but at the same time you're not intimidated because he's like big and brawny like he's just like he's like he well he has to fit he has to fit into a lot of places right like it wouldn't be, it would you wouldn't be a great super spy if you were just like jacked and you're like eight feet wider than the next guy like uh that person's probably <laughs> like jaws doesn't fit into a crowd right <laughs> but if you think about it no one would suspect that that person's a spy uh they're obviously ah, counterproductive they're, they're too conspicuous they clearly can't be a spy that's what you think mm, interesting i just i like to make justifications for things it's it's probably <laughs> false it's probably all uh any other thoughts on Sean Connery? No, Sean I just, Connery. Honestly, Bond. I like his James films. Bond. I like his films. I like who he set up Bond as. There are problems with it, and I think I think that's going to be with any old films that we talk about. There's a lot of problems with a lot of old films. But I think yeah. it's realizing that those old films, while that's, that's a thing and that's problematic, recognizing that, but not dismissing them as what they were exactly like even you look at old disney films right like there's a lot of stuff in there that's definitely from the time right that a lot of those like old animations remain you're like (laughs) you know what i mean like maybe slightly uncomfortable but it is what it is i don't think we're going to be getting a special edition of songs of the south anytime soon yeah no i don't think so i don't think so right i think and that's cool that's fine i'm good with it let's leave that i don't think so either but yeah we gotta remember some of these films are definitely gonna be products of their time for sure but yeah no sean connery great bond the og and uh yeah no i really enjoyed his films for the most part goldfinger is definitely the best yeah by far uh, 100%. For me. Like, like the other ones were pretty good but goldfinger is its whole it's memorable it's a different it's, standard yeah you, you remember it you remember like even thinking about it now i remember pretty well all of goldfinger well yeah let us know what you guys think of sean connery's bond james bond uh do you feel that the roger moore films are products of their time as well or not as much do you think they aged better and are a bit more timeless or do you think there are still like a lot of problematic stuff i think there's that... less <clears throat> sorry i'll let you finish you no that's that was my question basically is like is do you feel like there's less stuff to like i think the the problem for me is always like like when it comes to deal handling with handling women in the bond films has kind of been a problem up until a certain point and like i feel like it's like i think roger moore's the one where like every basically every single roger moore film ends with him sleeping with the like bond make girl it out with the and, chick or something and, yeah yeah and m is watching m always ends up watching it's like bond <laughs> so and he's like weird. it's so weird like yeah like it just happens it's just oh, like oh man and i don't know why i don't know why that's a theme in the roger moore ones i love roger moore i think that he's a great bond i think 
he has some of the best Bond films out there, but he also has some of the weirdest and worst ones. But like, I, I feel was... like he he upped the charm factor. He's he's the one who like when it came to him seducing women specifically, you believed he could actually seduce women, as opposed to like. I'm gonna use brute force here. Like it's <laughs> yeah. like instead of Connery's just kind of yeah. Like he was a bit more cold, calculating, bit more of a dick. Uh, like Roger Moore would bring a girl you, yeah. flowers, right? Roger Moore would bring flowers, whereas Sean Connery would bring whiskey for himself. That's the difference. That's yeah. That's 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 exactly the difference. You're right. I think the I think his movies have less of an issue. I think. Um, cause especially you starting to get into like the seventies and, uh, the eighties, especially at the kind of closer to the end of his run. Um, so again, times change, right? Things become different and I think there are less of an issue. I think there's still some weird things, but <clears throat> it, <clears throat> I think there's still some weird things, but it definitely wasn't, uh, Sean Connery. Level of like, yeah. It's like, like Sean Connery, like you said, Sean Connery brings like whiskey for himself Roger Moore bring flowers. Sean Connery's almost felt like he was again that aggressive, forceful male presence. Where Roger Moore, he brought the charm, man. He brought the charm, and again to his credit as James Bond, he brought that warmth, that suave. A I don't know what the word is. Suave. Well, no, that's I like this. Like, I think that I think that suave carried over into like Brosnan's. The suave. Like, oh, for sure, like hundred percent, right? Like. That's obviously where that kind of came from, too. I think Roger Moore, he just he, he brought the warmth. He brought the charm to the character. Instead of being so cold and calculating, he was sympathetic. He was comforting. But he also could kill people. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't doubt he could kill people and do the thing Bond needed to do. But there was also just that warmth and that charm. And that's really what he brought to the character. No, 100%. Like, it's... There's an evolution with that character. That's kind of the cool thing to see because I think, especially after five films of just the same, essentially the same, same guy. way of not even the same way, same guy, but like same five type films of, of the same way of same technique of way to handling the situations. Mm-hmm. Like how many people can Bond just punch in the face to get what he wants? <laughs> yeah, like well, as many as required, I guess. Like it's and that's job. and that's, but then you have. Roger Moore, who's a little more like, here's the thing that I'm going to shoot myself in the foot because it's like, uh, he's more subtle. And then I'm remembering like the, the boat chase in let, uh, live and let die where it's like, Hey, oh, we're, yeah. we're in the water. And now 60% of this chase is on land. Cause that's apparently how boats work boats in this work. universe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <Clearly. laughs> but like speaking, like, honestly though, live and let die is probably my favorite bond film just because it has that like, you know how Goldfinger had that setup of what Bond is? Mm-hmm. I felt Live and Let Die had the natural progression of what Bond was. Like, it just, like, if you go from if you go from Goldfinger to Live and Let Die, I feel like those films tie in together. I feel like there's a good stepping point. Because it's, it's just as exciting, it's as entertaining, and it feels like Bond. It feels like a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. right and then you go to moonraker pretty well right after that and it's just like i don't know i guess it's moonraker's a bit no it's down. man with a golden gun after that yeah. spy who loved me then moonraker and then and moonraker, the, like yeah 
that, that there's something about the Roger Moore films. Like they're so like they start out much more serious, um, and then just. Go. I mean, you're talking. Yeah, you're talking. Live and let die. You're talking. Man with the golden gun. Even Spy Who Loved Me. Like there's a lot more serious elements to it. But as they continue to go along, they just kind of get goofier and goofier till you reach like the peak, which is Moonraker. Right? Like that movie like, was so silly. It's like holy what, shit. Like there's that chase. There's a chase at the beginning, and then they like drive past a pigeon. And this pigeon does a double take, like, out of every, every, like, you could have had, just had an actor do, like, a double take. That's fine. Why is a pigeon, like, <laughs> wait, what did I just see? That's not how animals work. That's not how yeah. pigeons work. <laughs> like, okay. And then Yeah, Moonraker was very silly. I was like, is this an actual movie that I'm watching right now, then, or is this a spoof? It felt like a spoof Bond film, almost. Like, not even Jaws. Really. Jaws needs to have a love story for some reason. Yeah, and he came like, into the movie before, right? Spy yeah, Who Loved in, Me? Yeah. Yeah, and, and then, then he was gave, in Moonraker as well. And then they gave him an arc, and it's like, I've changed my ways, and I, I love a woman. And it's like... Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, whatever you say, man. Whatever you say. Well, okay, yeah, you can do what you want, man. Like, your Jaws, you tell me you're in love, you can break my neck. Like, either one, like... Whatever you want to mm. do. Like, but Man with the Golden Gun is fun. It's one I forget about a lot. Christopher well, Lee is Christopher the bad guy. Well, Christopher Lee, right? Yeah. That was probably, I don't know if that was my favorite one. It's between that and A View to a Kill. Like, I liked View to a Kill. He was considerably older, and you could see his age coming in for sure with that yeah. film. Because um, that had uh, Christopher Walken in it, right? Was he the and oldest Bond? It, he was yeah he played he's definitely made the most films uh when it was 85 73 to 85 so over 10 he years was closest i think daniel craig's actually the longest one but i mean like was he oldest like age oh age wise like... yeah yeah like by the time he got to a view to a kill i think he was the oldest one Maybe you could argue Connery and Never Say Never Again or something like that, but again... Again, doesn't really count. Doesn't really count, but... Um, yeah, no, I think he was the oldest one. And that one ended with, like, an axe fight on the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Like, <laughs> that movie was pretty slick. I liked that movie. It was Honestly, silly, I don't remember it. It was like, fun. Like, it's the ones... I remember Man with the Golden Gun a little bit. Mainly Sean mm -hmm. Connery... Or not Sean Connery. Mainly Christopher Lee hunting around with that golden gun. Yeah. That's about it. But I remember, honestly, I remember mostly Live and Let Die and Moonraker. Moonraker. And like, <laughs> Just because Moonraker is so odd. It, it, I thought, it, honestly, growing up, I always thought it was going to be my favorite. And then I watched it and I'm like, why? Why? Why, did, why are you? What? None of this makes sense. <laughs> like I said, it felt kind of like a spoof Bond film than an actual Bond film. Like it was just, it was so silly. It was so silly, but yeah, product at the time, 79, right? Things were silly. <laughs> so, but, but for you, it's man of the golden gun view to a kill. That's your, I think those, I think those are like my two top, like I like live and let die too. It just, I don't know. It just didn't always work for me. Like as a film, that's fair. It was okay. Cause it is, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big silly. fan. Yeah, it is. And I'm not a big fan of like the. I don't know, Louisiana Bayou voodoo type stuff. I guess so. Situation, right? Like that wasn't really like my 
that wasn't really what I was looking for in a Bond film. Like, I didn't hate it or anything, but I liked Man I with just, the Golden love... Gun better and A View to a Kill. Those were I just I, I think I also just love that opening, though, where it's like the funeral procession that I think I think it's a funeral oh, yeah. procession turns yeah. into the parade where it's like, whose funeral is this? Yours. And like, they kill the yeah. guy. And yeah. like, like, that's that's an that was pretty sleek. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's that's what I like about it, though, is like the there's really slick sequences. There's really good mm-hmm. sequences. The puns, the death puns, I think probably play a factor for me as well. Because, like... Oh, we haven't even talked about those. I, yeah, well... Because well, those started We haven't even with, talked um, about those. Like, those are hilarious. Even Connery had some great ones. Shocking. Absolutely. Shocking, isn't it? Shocking. That was, that was amazing. Shocking. Like, and I think... I want to say, actually, like, that probably made... To be honest, Bond probably started the whole action hero one-lighter thing if i'm really thinking about it like yeah i would because i'm trying to, i'm trying to think of action heroes who had one-liners before, before that. that like like obviously like stallone and Artie have like some of the most iconic ones but like if it wasn't for bond like i don't think that those would exist but yeah i mean ultimately kind of what we're talking about like roger moore just brought he brought the warmth he brought the charm to the character and i really enjoyed his take on bond where connery was more savage and brutal uh roger moore was definitely more charming and i don't know charismatic i guess you could say at the end of the day especially when it came to bond and that those two those two frameworks of james bond really blended well and worked with the characters and the actors to come as far as making their own renditions of bond as well well i feel like I was going to ask you, like, when do you think that Bond really became his own thing? Like, at what point do you think, like, Bond the character became... Or do you think he has ever reached a point where it's like, this is always going to be what Bond is? I think it changes actor to actor. And I think we've seen that consistently every time someone takes the mantle. Um, I think Sean Connery started one way and Roger Moore's Bond is very different. And I think over time, people have kind of picked and chosen what they want over like out of those two kind of like frameworks and they blended them together right like especially we're talking about Piers Brosnan and how he really took those two frameworks and blended them pretty well together he leans a bit more towards Roger Moore's side than he does Sean Connery whereas Daniel Craig leans a bit more leans a bit more to Sean Sean Connery's very into Bond uh than Roger Moore well like but there's one guy I want to talk about too really quick um, I know we're going to move on to Piers Brosnan right away. Um, but what do you guys think of Roger Moore's films and him as a James Bond? Let us know what you think down in the comments section below. But I do want to talk about Timothy Dalton really quick. Can we break off and talk about him quick? He was only I in two films. I can allow it, Matt. I guess I we, can. Yeah, we also, we also dodged George Lanzenby or whatever. George Lazenby. Lazenby. Lanzenby. Lazenby. He was in one and neither of us watched it. Yeah, we, we put it on, got 20 minutes in and we turned it off. Like, and like, we want to watch it because we want to actually like make an educated appear, like opinion on it. But like, it's rough. But apparently from what I gather though, you either love it or you hate it. Mm. there's a lot of people out there who really like that one and there's a lot of people out there who are like no it's not bond like it's just such a weird divisive feel to it and it's i need like i need to watch it because it's my duty as a film guy to force myself to watch it (laughs) 
but like also i don't wanna i don't wanna do <laughs> it yeah so like at the end of the day we have no opinion on whether what he is so we can't really talk on that but he's only he was only in one film so we're just gonna move past him but timothy dalton was in at least two movies so i do just kind of want to touch on him as well just two just two the living daylights and license to kill uh have you seen any of those two films i've seen them both honestly though the most memory i have with timothy dalton's bond is and i can't remember which one it is i know there's felix gets his legs eaten off or something like that um yeah he gets that was license to kill and then like i don't know if he got his legs eaten off or not but he did get injured for sure there's like there's something to do with him and sharks and then yeah goes on a revenge thing but honestly man the only real memory i have of that is like anytime you would sing the license to kill theme Mm -hmm. and you'd always just call out the fact that it sounds like they're singing license to kilt yeah (laughs) so now anytime i hear that title I just hear a license to kilt, and I'm like, yeah, it's a license to kilt. <laughs> well, it is weird, because they're like, license to kilt. And then there's like, it ends with like a, t- and I'm like, what are you doing? Because an L doesn't end with the, like, even if you're using a D or a T, like, those are the only two kind of sounds that make that, t- like, that hard cut off like that. And I'm like, an L doesn't do that. Well, it would just be license to kill. Like, it would be license not- to kilt. They're not leading into another word that starts with a T or a no, D. No, no, it's That's so... the end of the sentence. <laughs> it is like yeah, one of it's talking about weird Bond songs, right? It sounds like license to kilt. And I'm like, I don't I don't know why. Guess that was a creative decision, but it's That's... it's strange. But uh no, I didn't mind him That's... as James Bond either. He's not anywhere near my favorite. Um he was a lot more, more memorable. Dry. He was dry. Like he was a pretty dry bond. Like there wasn't a lot of charm to him either. I've liked him better in other movies. Like in oh, other the actor. I've seen him in. Because, like, yeah, yeah. Like, Timothy Dalton in Hot Fuzz is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, him in, uh, we actually watched The Rocketeer, which is just, like, talking about 90s movies that I never talked about. Like, I hadn't seen that one until this year. And, yeah. And, like, it's the same director as uh, Captain America, like, the first Avenger. Okay, yeah. And, like, watch, watching the two of those movies, you can totally see why he was picked to direct the first Avenger, because, holy crap, it's it's awesome. The Rocketeer is a is just a, it's an excellent, cheesy, great 90s film, um, and he plays the bad guy in it. Mm-hmm. But he has so much charm just oozing off of him that, like, where was that? I don't know where that was in the Bond films, unless I just missed it by not paying attention, but, like, I feel like I'd remember... Because he was dark. Like, I remember him getting, like, pretty, like... He was a pretty like, dark Bond, yeah. Like pretty, like I like, said, he was, like... He was, like, Sean Connery, but then, like, further. Like, as far as that coldness yeah. and brutality goes. Yeah. Because he was just... He was a killer. Like, that's the best way I could put it. He was just, yeah. like... He was all about the killing. And, like, that seems... To me, that seems weird as a Bond. As a, like... As a Bond fan. As a Bond... Like, as a Bond character, that seemed kind of... It didn't seem to fit. He never really, like, I know he wore the tux, but I don't remember him wearing the tux. <laughs> like, yeah, he wore the tux in a couple times, yeah. But I don't, like, it's, I remember him more in just, like, casual wear, and it's just, like, it's, and again, maybe it's a product of the time, because that was the late 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, 87, 89, so yeah. So you got so your big action hero it, type things. Yeah. Try and make it grittier and all that kind of stuff. So, and again, like, I'm, 
I'm all for it. Like, here's the thing. I'll go back and I'll rewatch all the Bond films. Like, and I have. Mm-hmm. Like, I've watched them a couple times now. I'd rewatch any of them. Like, as, as silly and as bad as they get, like, they're still... It's still Bond, right? Yeah, at and the like, end of the even, day. Even yeah. with Timothy Dalton as dark and gritty and weird as I think that's gets, a good... I think it's gritty is the right word for it. I think the gritty is the right word for it. He was definitely yeah. a grittier Bond, yeah. And like, but it's still, it works, but again, as a product of his time. And it's kind of cool seeing that evolution of even going back to what we talked about last week with like decade to decade, right? Like it's kind of, it's interesting. That's a, that's a franchise you can look. If you want to see the progression of film, you can look at the Bond films and see yeah. just the, the change of film over the years. Well, and it spans so far, like, not the most movies over a certain amount of time, right? But just how many decades it spans over. It's pretty incredible. Well, because, yeah, 64 to 2020. Yep. That's we're still rolling. That's ridiculous, man. Like, we're and still rolling. And they're, I guarantee you they'll keep going. Like, I'm not, I don't have that a doubt in my mind. I have a, yeah, I have no fear that it's just going to stop dead. Everyone's, everyone's already talking. Like, who's the next Bond? As soon as Daniel Craig was hired, everyone's like, who's the next Bond? That's every, as soon as we get a new Bond, our, the next question is like, who's the next Bond? I'm like, dude, let this guy make some movies. Then we'll talk about it. But everyone's, we always want to know. Like, he's become, uh, he's become part of our culture, really, right? Like, yeah. And he's not the biggest. He's not the flashiest. He's not the big Marvel movies. But he is very still solid and ingrained. And he has his own following, right? Well, but, again, like, you, you ever, like, you say James Bond to anybody and they know who he is. You know who you're, they may you know not be what's going name, on. Yeah. They might not be able to name actors or movies, but they know James Bond as a character. Yeah. Right? Like, it's... It's weird, though, because it started out, like, didn't it... Was it a British production originally that moved to America, or was it always an American production? Mm, no, I feel like it's... Isn't it still a British production? Like, Eon I mean, Entertainment like or whatever... That's the thing. I don't know if Eon's actually like a, a British company or an American one. It's it's British. Like all the Bond films are filmed in uh or a British company, I think. Okay. And then MGM as well is in there. But it's it's become so synonymous. it's so weird though, because it's like while it's a very British thing, it's become super synonymous with American culture. It's yeah. kind of it's bizarre. And like That's true. Well, especially like the later like the Pierce Brosnan ones feel very american um well and actually well speaking of those two <clears throat> speaking of pierce brosnan and segueing away from uh timothy dalton honestly for me he has some of the most underrated bond films because like everyone's like oh golden is amazing and the rest are terrible and it's like no golden eye is really 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 good mm-hmm. and die another day is really 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 bad and uh, Tomorrow Never Dies and The World's Not Enough are Bond films. They're average. They're they're they're, they're your passable. standard fare. I don't yeah. know why people got mad at them so much. Like they're 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 still fun. They're just they kind of bleed together because they're very similar. They are very but, similar. Yeah. But again, like they're still they're more adequate Bond films than Die Another Day was, which is a shame because like <laughs> they had a good cast. They had a decent press. Man, Halle Berry? And then Babe. and then they had to CG <laughs> it up, man. Honestly, I didn't even mind Die Another Day. I honestly didn't mind it. I was like, no, this is okay. This is cool. Whatever. It's, it's remember, again, like to go back Early to... Early 2000s. That makes sense. 
to go back to last uh, to go back to last week's topic, a big part of the problem for me is the CG though. It's him him on the surfboard looks terrible. There's that fight that he has with the uh, one of the henchmen, and it's like they have lasers that are gonna cut them, but they obviously oh, just had yeah, the yeah. fight. They had the fight and then added all the lasers and posts to just conveniently miss them. There was no planning. It was just like, yeah, you guys fight. We'll do it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I understand that. But also, like, with a bit more planning, this film could have been really, 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 really good. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't. It just fell flat because it was like, well, guys, it's Bond. Let's just make it a spectacle. And it's like, there's a balance with Bond between spectacle and good i guess if the best way i can put it. <laughs> spectacle like and good <laughs> spectacle no like spectacle and well i guess that's yeah that's technically it but it's like spectacle and story yeah right? there's a balance there's a balance you have to hit because you can have bizarre crazy action sequences and just again go back to goldfinger he's an over-the-top villain but the story is so good well you still have works. to have the quiet moments too right exactly like the intrigue the mystery the spy aspect of it not just the explosions and the boom whereas die another day was 90 percent explosions you're right there's a lot yeah and like again like like a weird ice castle hotel place that's kind of cool it's still entertaining it's still fun but like not it's fun in the same way that batman forever and batman and robin are right like it's it's not great but I laugh. I have a good time. <laughs> but I laugh. <laughs> but I laugh. And I think I think the other reason why it's so jarring, though, is because on the opposite end of that spectrum, you have Goldeneye, which mm-hmm. not only just affected, like, movies in general, but also video games. Like, <laughs> that game couldn't have happened without the movie happening. And having a really, as... well, having a really good film, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it was a very successful movie, yeah. Well, you get Sean Bean as the villain, and that is excellent story. And dude, yeah, Golden Eyes tops. Like that is that that is tops, man. Do you definitely think, one of the best? Do you think Golden Eye is the best Bond movie, or do you think that still goes to Goldfinger? Well, I don't know. It's hard for me to pick like what is the best Bond because they're so different. From... Period. Because they are they like again we said they're products of their time and they are very different and they do have so many like they range for so many different things. Like if you looked at Moonraker and Live and Let Die, those are completely different types of movies. Completely yeah. different, right? So it's hard to judge and say which one is better, which one's worse. Um, I think GoldenEye's up there, though. I think GoldenEye's up there. I try to, generally, if I'm thinking the best Bond film, I think of per actor kind of thing. Yeah. Per time period, not necessarily overall. The best of Pierce Brosnan's Bond films is 100% GoldenEye, right? Like, that's, I think everyone can probably (laughs) agree on that. The other ones, again, you said Middle Ground, Dine of the Day. People don't like... I didn't mind at the end of the day. Again, um, it's, as long as you can still enjoy it. It's hard to say if it's better than Gold, Goldfinger, though, because, again, those are two different, completely different time periods separated by almost 30 years, right? Yeah. Um, when you, it's... But, yeah. Also, it's hard to say for me. It's bizarre how many titles Bond film, like, titles of the Bond films have gold, die, gold and them. live in them. Yep. 
A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. It's like even like the newest one, No Time to Die. It's like, oh, yeah. there's that die theme again. There's the dying theme. There's the dying theme. But yeah, like, and, and honestly, personally, I favor the Daniel Craig movies was, overall for yeah. the most part. Like, so if I was going to say the best one, I would probably put it in the Daniel Craig era. But then again, if I went back and watched goldfinger maybe i'd be like never mind no no it's goldfinger and then if i watch golden i'd be like no never mind it's golden eye and then if i watch like skyfall i'd be like never mind it, it it is skyfall you know so for me it is very uh you know see it, it's it depends how i'm feeling like but it's definitely one of the ones up in the top for me with daniel one. craig like that's honestly until recently he was one of my least favorite bonds like Oh man, he was like, one of my favorite right off the top. But like right the, off the top, my reasoning is the fact that he didn't feel like Bond, right? He felt like a modern action hero that had the name Bond, right? And that was kind of my thing. But then, but then the thing is, I remember when Casino Royale came out and when Quantum came out, and I remember talking to you about it. And your reasoning was because this is Bond before he was Bond, because technically it's a prequel. That's that's true in the Casino, yeah. Yeah, that's always it's always weird because like technically Casino Royale is a prequel, but also a soft reboot, but also a sequel. And it just it's it's the timeline to Bond is just confusing and one that you can't ever really. And when explain when we get and and that's one of the things that Daniel Craig's era did that was very unique. And we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, But yeah. I can't remember what we were talking about other than that, though. I thought we would move on to Daniel Craig, didn't we? Oh, no, no. I, we haven't even really talked about who Pierce Brosnan was as a Bond that much, did we? Well, I thought We talked about his movies. Well, I thought Pierce, but... Pierce Brosnan, to me, as Bond is Bond. Like, that's the thing. Is like, he was... When, you, when it comes to, like, if you want to take one character, if you want to take one actor, and you had to say that this is the face of James Bond, to me, that's always going to be Pierce Brosnan. And maybe that's because I grew up with him but just like he was our first bond he was the bond of our era right but also he had such a good balance to me of Mm -hmm. roger moore you believed he could like kick some serious butt to like sean connery and like he had that he to me he had the perfect balance of it and that's balance between those two and that's where to me i think like to me he's the ultimate bond but unfortunately he had the not the best movies right but like that being said, though, I really feel like if you if you took if you took Pierce Brosnan out and plopped him into any other Bond movie, he would fit. But if you took like Sean Connery and plopped him into like Goldeneye, it wouldn't work. If you it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. If you took Roger Moore and you popped him into Die Another Day, it wouldn't work. But if you mm-hmm. took Brosnan and popped him into Goldfinger, it would still work. If you took Brosnan and put him into Live and Let Die, it would still work. Yeah, because that's the thing. He just kind of hit the stride of being what Bond was and who Bond is. Like, his, yeah, his version was that perfect mixture, right? Well, that's of the Roger Moore architect and the Sean Connery arch, not architect, the Roger Moore archetype and the Sean Connery archetype, and yeah. like blended them together in a way that really was realistic and. That worked really well, like, to the character and who James Bond was. And to me, then, Daniel Craig was the exact opposite of that, right? Like, that's that, to me, is, like, where you have refined Bond, 
and then you have rough and tumble bond and like yeah that's that, yeah. sure sean connery and, uh, and roger moore did that to a point at the beginning but both were all very clean cut and very like yes i just do my job and that's it but then yeah you have these two polar opposites being pierce brosnan and daniel craig where it's very much this is bond and daniel craig almost was like the anti-bond where it's like mm-hmm. he's bond but he's not quite there yet yeah and and that's kind of like, like a proto bond yeah so like to me i think i think brosnan to me is the epitome of what bond is like in my opinion and feel free yeah. to disagree with me people in the comments as well as yourself like no i i would agree like as the character of james bond and what we know him to be like in if you say james bond what's the face that shows up in most people's heads is pierce brosnan right at least from our generation i guess maybe you talk different generations it might be a different answer a lot roger moore a lot of a lot of it's roger yeah moore. roger moore is really big too yeah yeah but i'm not like he's not he's not my favorite one but he is or maybe his film i don't know it's hard to say but just because he, he's probably not my favorite bond but i do agree that he is the 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 final evolution of this character that's been going on since the 60s right yeah he really brought it all together and then again you go back to daniel craig and it is a regression of that character taking it back to its more raw form well that's where i think a lot Pierce of brosnan's more refined a lot of people got caught off guard by that because yeah. it's like they were expecting more of the same especially once again also remember the last film before daniel craig popped up was die another day which is yeah. arguably the silliest bond film to come out since moonraker like yeah and like so you get that silly tone and then suddenly like oh wait we're serious we're 100 serious. Serious. serious there's no gadgets yeah. there's no goof there's nothing okay that's weird but yeah. like but it, it, it like but it works for what it is it just i wish there would have been more clear of a statement as to like the direction they were moving into but I get overall, I I like Brosnan. I I think his movies yeah. are underrated and underappreciated. I agree with that. I agree with that. Let us know down in the comment section below, you guys, what you think of Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Is he the James Bond for you? The this ultimate... sounds like a dating show. Behind door number one, <laughs> is he the ultimate James Bond? Man, is that if what we you were guys, thinking... when you hear James Bond, do you think of Pierce Brosnan? If we were thinking in advance, we should oppose it as a as a bachelor type of show. Oh man, that would have been great. Uh, well, I mean, we can behind this door. Let's postpone it for a week, and we'll just re-record everything. <laughs> Classic. Classic. There's that saying again. But there like, we go. There we go. So like, but to me, I think honestly, though. Daniel Craig, I understand, is not Bond when he's... Like, his name is James Bond, obviously, and that's a whole Mm -hmm. other thing that people have been analyzing for years. Is James Bond a code name? Is it just the same guy, but his face looks different? What is it? And at the end of the day, the problem for me is that, yes, he might have been James Bond, but he wasn't, like, 007. He wasn't... He didn't reach that point to me until the end of Skyfall. Right? Like, he was... Yeah, he had the title, he had the name, but, like, even in Casino Royale, like, he was still... Even by the end of it, he still wasn't Bond. And then Quantum, I can't remember anything of. And then um, Skyfall is really good, but Skyfall, to me, almost would have been a better first Bond film for him. Because by the Mm. end of that, you reach that point 
where he is James Bond. And then Spectre, I know a lot of people dislike it. I liked it quite a bit because to me that felt like a Bond film. You, right. you had all the things in it that made it a Bond film. And maybe that's what mm-hmm. people disliked about it because it was a bit predictable and it was a bit, like, traditional. But it worked. It worked as what a Bond film was. And that's... I I honestly, like, when it comes to Spectre, I watched it when he came in theaters. I haven't even seen it again since then. I don't think. And it is definitely one of the films I have to revisit because I didn't really care for it in the theaters, but sometimes Bond grows on you afterwards, right? One. Like, sometimes in the theater, if you go in with a certain expectation, um, Compar- and that's not met, sometimes it's a difference, right? But also or compared to... creates a... Compared to Skyfall, which was just, like... If Skyfall wasn't a Bond movie, it still would have been a really, really good movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, like it was just is a solid standalone movie, and it works without being tied to Bond. And I think right. maybe that's what was so jarring about it was like you have that finally, finally after Casino Royale, which is a good setup and a fun movie, Quantum, which was, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know how to, like, describe Quantum. Quantum was a... Yeah. And then you get finally this point where it's like, oh, so you can have a Bond movie that's also just a really good movie. And then the movie right after that is like, and we're back to classic Bond. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that's what just jarred people out of it. But, like, I liked it, but that's... I like the cheesy things with it when it comes to Bond. I like the the gadgets and the supervillains and all that kind of stuff. I like that. Right. Although, I'll just very much say that because it was harvey r bardem was the villain in uh yeah harvey r bardem yeah in skyfall yeah and he was good his monologues were amazing his whole the face thing was great like yeah he was a solid villain and christoph waltz was a really great blofeld i don't feel they did him justice by the end Mm -hmm. but like that yeah that was the best call for that Honestly, I have Well, and Christoph Waltz, man. Come on. That guy's That guy is money. Like when he's... it comes to especially being the villain, he's number one a great actor, but he also plays such a good villain. Like did you see Inglorious Bastards? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, he's am- he was amazing he's in that. He's terrifying. Movie. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so even in Bond, I was I was totally down with him as the villain. I do remember that. I'm like, God, I love Christoph Waltz. And I was like, I wish, just wish the movie was better. Do you think that maybe they, cause they like, I think that was around the time where movie trailers really just started telling you everything that was going to happen in the movie. Like, yeah, cause there was, maybe. there was a few movies like that where like even Terminator dark fate, not dark fate. That's the newest one. Terminator Genesis revealed the entire twist, all the twists that were going to happen in the movie in the trailer. And I, feel I didn't like even watch that movie. I was like, meh. <laughs> if you saw the trailer, you saw the movie, so don't worry about it. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. But, like, I Good think... stuff. I feel like Spectre suffered from the same thing, where, like, the reveal that he's Blofeld, and then, like, everyone kind of knew... It's, it's really weird, because Blofeld was never... was never Bond's sibling at all. Like, they were never related, right? Yeah. And then, that was a new twist that he added in. And then Austin Powers did that. Austin Powers made the joke about Austin and Dr. Evil being siblings. Yeah. And then Bond then essentially took what the parody made and just parroted that. Made it reality. <laughs> I didn't and even like, think about it's that. Such, it's such... I didn't even think about that. It was so weird to watch because, like, I think I even just watched Austin Powers before seeing Spectre in theaters. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really weird thing of, like, 
Oh. So, did they just rip off a ripoff of Bond? Like, <laughs> okay, all right. I'm Interesting. A- Again, like, if it wasn't for Daniel Craig and it, it wasn't for Christoph Waltz, I'd probably have more problems with it. But because of their performances and their, what they brought to the table as actors and as performers, just, like, I bought it. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, I'm curious and kind of nervous about No Time to Die because I want it to be a Bond film again. But I right. want it to be a good story like Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Like I the want the perfect mix exactly between the two. But I'm really it is an odd one, so it may work. I'm worried that it's gonna be more like Quantum, even from the trailer. Like, like the trailer just didn't strike me as anything that got me pumped. I was I was intrigued and I was interested, but I wasn't like yeah. There's gadgets. <laughs> There's gadgets. There's gadgets. I'm I'm fine <laughs> with that. Like that's and hope. I mean, Q bringing Q back was a brilliant smart move and like the guy who's playing q in the daniel craig series is great i really yeah. love him like he's a great actor and i think he fits perfectly as q mm-hmm. he's a little too serious for me sometimes a little too like really sad he's a really sad q whereas like q's always taken a joy in his like work and his gadgets but like this q's yeah. very like i guess i'm doing this and it's like you work for mi6 have some like enthusiasm have some fun man <laughs> like because i think wasn't it skyfall we the only gadget we got was like when did he get the gun that only worked with his palm i feel like that's skyfall right that was skyfall yeah and i feel like that was like the only gadget well he didn't get gadgets till skyfall I, like that's when q showed up but right? that was like the only gadget that he got mm-hmm. and then specter he got gadgets and that's yeah. where i was like yes finally because like as much as Bond is an action movie or action series, it's also kind of a sci-fi series. It really is. Like when you look at all the stuff that he has, the like gadgets and stuff, <laughs> like they're not realistic. Like there's, it's, it's, yeah. it's a sci-fi series. And I was missing that taste of sci-fi. Like, I don't need it to be like laser beams or anything like that. Like, even though that Moonraker, <laughs> Yeah. Like there's a point where it gets a little too over the top, but there's just a nice taste of sci-fi mixed in with that action that just, elevates it to what it is Mm -hmm. right like it's and that's i don't know that's for me that's what bond is i know you really like daniel craig and i know you have since yeah since i've since like since casino royale man i've loved daniel craig as james bond like because to me he is a bit more the sean connery side like yeah i just because like i don't know i'm kind of weird that way i guess i love seeing characters before they were characters you know what I mean? Like, and that's why you love the fine polish. And that's probably what, well, <laughs> <laughs> that's why that, that's a, That is one of the lures to the prequels. No, and honestly, I wasn't a fan of solo. Cause I didn't care who solo was before he was solo. Cause I loved solo solo in episode four was before he was solo in episode six. You know what I mean? Like he already was that character arc. Anyway, I appreciate that. Me. I that's... managed to sneak in star Wars into our conversation today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, way to go, man! I don't know if you'd be able to do it, but you did it. You did. You're it. welcome, Matt. But You're welcome, Royale. audience. <laughs> but Casino Royale, man, like he was just—he was very brutal. He was very calculating. He, but he also, you know, he did have a bit of that suave. Not enough. Not enough. Like he was still very raw in that form. He was very much 
shoot first, ask questions later. You know what I mean? Like to get what he wanted or beat the shit out of something. Is it, like that was just is it Casino Royale a remake? Is it Casino Royale a remake? To a certain de- or they kind of used the name. There was a Casino Royale already. One well, isn't a, it a Bond? I can't one, remember though? if it was a Bond film. It wasn't an official one again, but. It was someone made something about. Well, something. I thought it was like more of a comedy or something like that, and then they like. Made yeah, it. it was something weird. It yeah. was something weird. I, I'm not really it's, too familiar with it. I'll watch it at some but point. I, I know this rendition of Casino Royale was my favorite overall. So and last, yeah, go ahead, finish your thought. Anyway, and um, I know this version of Casino Royale was just my favorite version of that, and I just loved this pre james bond james bond right and as you go into through his movies he becomes more and more like the bond we know a bit more refined a bit more styled more gadgets you start meeting those supporting characters right every new film they get a new one money penny starts showing up and felix was in the first i think money penny and q showed it up what's that felix was in the first one though right felix was in there yeah yeah felix was in the first one but then you had money penny and q show up in skyfall no right so yeah you you start you start getting these yeah you start getting these new characters coming in as well so it was just i've really enjoyed it and the one thing about daniel craig's the daniel craig era that's different from all the others not all the others i guess there are that are some kind of direct sequels to one another in certain ways yeah but all of daniel craig's are direct sequels yeah they all happen like there's no timeline with the other bonds they're all just kind of usually randomly whatever it's just a bond movie but daniel craig's are all sequels to one another they all happen chronologically in order to like what's happening because by the time you get to specter that's when you get uh you know yeah what the hell's his name again blofeld oh yeah once you get to once you get to specter then you get blofeld or um christoph waltz right saying i'm the architect of all your pain and it kind of goes through all the movies right like all his enemies and villains and things he's faced so far (laughs) man and yeah and for me quantum of solace is that one bump in the road for me what's like it's it it started so great because you had this chase scene at the tail end of casino yeah and you well you had the tail end of casino royale right he comes and he gets mr white and you're like oh shit's about to go down and you pick right up after that, right? Yeah. And then the movie freaking does like this super sharp right turn. And now we're chasing Mr. Green, who's some sort of eco-terrorist. and But it has nothing to do with the overall really plot of it, other than he's part of an organization, which later you find out is actually Spectre and not well, it's like Quantum or whatever the hell it was called. Well, it's like um, the one that's the one thing I remember about Quantum in theaters with you and others was the car chase mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah, that was that's, slick, man. That's that all sick. I remember, and everything after that, I'm like, there was a lady dunked in oil, I think. But that was yeah. that was also pretty much just Goldfinger. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what they were going for, right? But like, it's just one of those things of to me because we talked about this last night. Um, because my roommate said that um, Bond became Bond. Like, Daniel Craig became James Bond by the end of Casino Royale. And we watched the clip from it, from the ending, and, like, I still disagree. I don't think that he was fully Bond yet. Because, like... I think that was a big step. It was a big step. I think it yeah. was. I think, again, like, it didn't... Until the end of Skyfall, that's when it hit. But, like, 
Because to me, the thing that bugged me watching that is like, yes, he called Mr. White before shooting him. But like, Bond's the kind of guy who would just like, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't sneak around. He'd just walk right up to Mr. White and be like, hey, how's it going? And then shoot him. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't need a phone him. call. He'd just go and talk to him because that's the kind of guy Bond is. He just has zero chill, man. And yet yeah. he's super calm, but like just zero, like, <laughs> but like no bullshit, man. No bullshit. But I think, but I think for quantum of solace for me though, was cause you kind of had this revenge tale set up and then they did for the death of his, I can't remember. Did they get married or not? No, no, it wasn't his wife, but you know, his love Vespa. I can't remember her name. Anyway, it's been a long time since I watched that movie, but they had the revenge tale set up, right? Going into Quantum of Solace. That's why I was like, oh, hell yeah, he's going to get some payback. And then all of a sudden, it's about some eco-terrorist hoarding water. And you're like, okay, what happened? How is killing this guy going to get you any sort of... Solace? Like, revenge. Like, it, it... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. So it kind of took, like, this weird, like, sharp turn in a different direction than I thought it was going to go to. And I felt like it just... It failed on delivering what it set up in the end of the last film. But then Skyfall. But then man. Skyfall came like, out, and that was gold, man. That was money. I loved that movie. And it, honestly, I just felt like, okay, we got two sequels, and now we got this standalone one, right? Like, because it really didn't reference anything that came before. Yeah. And then Spectre is what kind of brought that movie into the fold of the overarching story. But And again, I think Spectre yeah. might age I love Skyfall. with time. I love Skyfall. Skyfall, I, I guess it again. It's it's a good mix of like. I think it just it works as a story because it's it's Bond's final journey to becoming Bond. It's mm-hmm. the idea that by the end of that he is James Bond, and we we haven't yeah. seen that with any like with any other Bond. They've he they've been James Bond at the very very beginning of their franchise. Mm-hmm. Daniel Craig wasn't that until the end of the third movie, and that's where. A part of me is worried about No Time to Die because I think that they might regress him back to how he was just complete brutality, right? And like, yeah. and I don't want that. I well, want to see yeah. my character grow. I want to see my character finish his journey, right? Like, yeah, well, especially because his era is so unique because his Bond does have a journey, whereas all the ones are just individual. Like you said, when you watch Roger Moore, it's like the same Bond, the same Bond, the same Bond. When you watch all the others, they're the same Bond in each one, right? Whereas Daniel Craig's James, whereas Daniel Craig's James Bond is an evolution of that character across yeah. multiple films, multiple films. No, and you see him, you see him grow as a character, and I think like to regress that character would be a shame, and it would be a disservice to his yeah. performance. And like, that's I think my biggest concern. But I mean, honestly, that's my concern with a lot of films. Like even like some people complain. <laughs> Fair of, enough. Some man. people complained about that with Spectre, where they felt like, oh, well, Fair enough. He's just the same Bond as all the other Bonds were. And it's like, okay, but that's that's what they were working towards. That's part of his right. arc, right? Right. So, I don't know. I, I'm still optimistic and excited for the next one. I'm just... I'm always excited, man. I'm always down for more James Bond. It's as soon as you... Always down Again, as soon as you James hear Bond. that music, man. As soon as you hear... You're right into it. You're right into it. As soon as that... Da-da, da-da, da-da. And then you're just like... Yeah. Let's do some it's spy great, stuff. Man. Yeah, it's 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 solid. It's solid. But uh yeah, let us know what you guys think of Daniel Craig's James Bond. He's one of he's probably my favorite Bond. He's probably my favorite Bond. Um 
just what they've done with him and the character choice. I really enjoy Daniel Craig as Bond. Uh, but let us know what you guys think of him as well. Um, I personally feel that my favorite Bond is actually Austin Powers. Um, and I'd feel really <laughs> remiss if we did not talk about Austin Powers when talking about. Well, Bond. we got to talk. Yeah, we got, we definitely got to touch on some Austin Powers. Because like, so those are films like I kind of yeah, grew baby, up with. Yeah. Before watching Bond, I'd seen Austin Powers right. before I'd seen most of the Bonds, if not any of the Bonds. And then we did that marathon, and we watched all the Bond movies. And I went back and I watched Austin Powers after that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there's a whole new layer of jokes that I had completely missed out on. Missed, yeah. Because I'd never seen the Bond movies. And, like, honestly, I think those films get, like... I know a lot of people love them but just because they're silly humor and stuff like that. But I think a lot of, a lot of it is underappreciated because of, like, how good of a parody it is. Yeah. Like... Honestly, like, yeah, like that's. I think they're just they're solid flicks, and I think they capture that spirit of Bond while making fun of it and having a good tongue-in-cheek uh, commentary on the spy franchise. Yeah, absolutely, and like you said, it's such a true. Uh, it's just such a true spoof of what James Bond is as the movies, and it always takes from different like parts of it, right, and brings it in. So you have to kind of have a good knowledge or you have to at least seen a good majority of the bond films to get a lot of the jokes like if you go up to someone in the street and you say dr evil well they're probably going to know who dr evil is but if you say blofeld they're gonna be like sorry who well exactly right like like dr evil is way more uh built into our pop culture than blofeld is well that's where i think they also like they also work just as their films on their own like that's and that's kind of a yeah cool thing 100%. About it. like that's a cool thing to me what a parody should actually be is it should work on its own merit as a film so you yeah. don't need to see the source material but if you see the source material that's why space you're gonna get all the different layers of jokes it's why Spaceballs works so well because you don't mm-hmm. need to see star wars to enjoy space balls but if you do you're going to enjoy it, it a helps. lot more, right? Like it's, yeah, it just adds another layer. And that's, for sure. and that to me is like, that's, that to me is a good example of a pair. Like, again, the parody is so strong that it ended up influencing the series. Mm-hmm. Spectre. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. Like it's, I don't know. I just, I get, I get happy when I think about them. I'm back to my grinning after I start thinking about a certain franchise. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Austin Powers movie? Um, probably the original. Actually, no. Maybe the second one. Let's see. It's I. I'd say I maybe like maybe the second one. Like I felt like um, what was it? Gold was it? Gold member or what the hell is the yeah, third the one? Yeah, that thought it was, was gold member, member right? <laughs> that one was pretty funny, but it wasn't my favorite. I think the second one was my favorite. Was it the spy who shagged me? Yep. That's it, right? Yeah. I think the second one. Once they brought in Mini Me, because Mini Me wasn't in the original. Yeah. But it was in the second one, and I find that. Honestly, <laughs> and fat bastard was in the second one yeah i find the second one i think that's the best one honestly like some of my favorite bond or bond stuff some of my favorite austin power stuff is with scott with, with dr evil yeah. son like he's yeah oh uh, and like i i'm still on board with her being an austin powers four. i think honestly i was, I was i'd pitch- watch it i love mike myers man he's hilarious i was pitching it to prosser and what they should do is like address like finally because so much time has passed reboot austin powers but like it's it's the fourth film but it's a new actor playing austin powers 
Mm. And you have, but you have different actors playing, like, you know how, you know how the trailer. In a Bond-esque way. Yeah, you know how the trailer for the Austin Powers movie in Austin Powers, they had, like, Tom Cruise's Austin Powers and Kevin oh, Spacey. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but do something like that where you get new actors to play, but they're, like, you have Mike Myers playing one of the actors, and then you have these two new actors playing Dr. Evil and Austin Powers, but they just don't really, like, acknowledge that they're not the same actor anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think you could do something really fun with that. I think you could do a really good tongue-in-cheek parody and reference to how the Bond franchise has gone. I think that's kind of the only logical step you could go with Austin Powers. This like, seems to be the next step, yeah. But, again... Or do, just... like, a Daniel Craig in, like, reverse time, like, pre... Like, a proto-Austin Powers, almost. Because, like, like, honestly, I don't know if there's an actor who could... Like, a current actor who could play that many like i don't think there's a character who could play all the characters mike myers did no no like i don't think like, and not think... to not to the skill level that mike myers did yeah like and that's i don't know I, I wouldn't mind seeing it but at the same time i'm also very content if they never made another austin powers movie as well they were pretty good they were pretty good you almost don't want to like it's like a painting right like when you have something that's perfect, sometimes adding that extra little touch just ruins it. And then you're like, damn it. Like that happens to me all the time when I'm working on something. I'll always add something one little, like one detail too far and it ruins the whole damn thing. So sometimes you just got to love the trilogy for what it is. And sometimes adding a fourth, one. sometimes it makes it better. Other times it's kind of like, oh, not great. I think the third one just had a good ending like it just had a good yeah. resolution to that right like I yeah think, and even with the meta-ness of it where they start they made a movie on austin powers i think that meta-ness really helped complete that mm -hmm. that journey right and i think i think that's where i'm okay if they never made another one it would be fun i'd be yeah. open to it but they don't need to and like, i think there's a lot of franchises out like that unlike bond which keep them coming like keep just, pumping them baby keep it's pumping a formula that's worked yeah. I think it's the longest, like, the longest running consecutive series. For sure, hands down, yeah. Because, like, I'm trying to think of another film series that has lasted as long as Bond has, and I don't think... Like, and without nothing. actually without actually rebooting it. Because you can argue yeah, about Casino Royale being, like, a reboot. Maybe it was a reboot, but, like, it really wasn't. It really like, isn't. Well, because... They're all their own thing. It's so... It's... The only weird part is M... Going from Pierce Brosnan's M. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still yeah. Judy, Judy Dench, and she's great. But, like, it's really weird that, like, Bond seems to regress. But, like, I feel like there's almost, like... So, say that Bond... I'm trying to remember if Casino Royale, if he... was In Casino Royale, at the beginning, he wasn't 007 ever, right? He literally gets, like, in the opening scene, he literally earns his 007 status. Okay, so yeah, that, and that's where it just gets wonky for me because, like, if he didn't, if he was just 007, I would love to see, like, that middle chapter between, like, the Brosnan-Craig series of, like, what happened to Pierce Brosnan's 007 that turned him into Daniel Craig's 007? What terrible things happened to this man <laughs> between <laughs> Die Another Day well... <laughs> and Casino Royale? And, if... and that's why, like, and that's why you can't even take him in chronological order either, right? Because they're not. They're just Bond and stories, and you have different actors playing different characters. 
that are suited for that store and not necessarily the overall. Because you'd have to consider Bond's age as well, right? Like, what happened? Roger Moore was clearly a very old man. He was getting pretty old. Like, it was noticeable. He was getting old. Then Timothy Dalton. And then this guy. Then, you know, Pierce Brosnan. Well, that's so where I think... you, you can't... They're not chronological ordered. And you can't really take them as overall, overarching stories. Except for Daniel Craig's era, which is designed that way. Kind of from the yeah. beginning. Well, I think that's where a lot of people... To me, and Judy we'll Dench, find just, she's Judy Dench. Why wouldn't you get her? <laughs> oh, exactly. She's amazing. And then, honestly, her successor, like Ray Fiennes, being her successor, was like is also gold. Yeah, like, yeah. But like, yeah, I've seen so many people try and solve the conundrum that is the Bond timeline, and I think at the end of the day, you just gotta let it go. You just gotta enjoy it. Because, yeah. Because like, because each film, well, yes, there's the tie-ins with like there are some tie-ins here and there. There's some connecting factors because I think. Roger Moore kills Blofeld for what he did to George Lazenby's wife. Uh, I think that was like, Sean Connery, wasn't it? And Diamonds Are Forever. Well, I like because I think or did that happen? For, well, because Diamonds Are Forever. Or did that all happen? He kills Blofeld, but then Roger Moore drops Blofeld down a like chimney. I'm not remembering that. It's it's I don't know. That's the thing. It's it's there's weird. Could have been weird timeline. Yeah. But like, there's something there is no that timeline. connected. But <laughs> That's the problem. Then there's That's the thing. So, do you subscribe to the theory that James Bond is a code name and they're all different actor or all different people, or do you think that it's just mm, James Bond? No. I think it's all just James Bond and who, whatever actors we get to play him, play him, and they just pick stories out of wherever they pick stories out of. Like, it, it, there's no chronological order to it, except obviously for the Daniel Craig films. Um, but even then, like you can't, cause you can't connect any era to the era before, you know what yeah. I mean? Like again, Pierce Brosnan at the end, M is still Judy Dench. And now she, Judy Dench is M at Daniel Craig's era. So you just like, and she died before Daniel Craig actually became, you know, what we know as James Bond. So you're telling me it's the same actress, the same lady was M. She died, and then she came back later on in life to be M again. Like that wouldn't make sense, right? Right. And that's the thing. And and while you can take some of these actors or some of the characters and be like, okay, given Bond's age, here's how these stories fit in. But then you're still gonna have inconsistencies with who's playing what characters, if that makes sense, right? No, I. No, that makes perfect sense, man. And it's it's one of those things. That... So when you look at View to a Kill. And you said maybe that's like the oldest in the James Bond timeline, just given his look and Bond's age. Then you have the actor of Q, which is the original actor still, the old guy. But then if that's later, he's not in when Bond is the younger Bond. He's a different one, but he was then in these other ones. So like you're going to have all sorts of inconsistencies when it comes to the actors and who's playing them at the end of the day. The only one that's truly chronological order is the craig bonds but they're only unique to their own era like they don't mix and match between all the other ones either but i feel like q actually works as his own title as well though because you actually see them pass the torch from well that's exactly it to john cleese right yeah exactly so by the time if you if you wanted to say that um uh if you wanted to say that the Craig movies took place after um, the Brosnan ones, it still makes sense with Q because you could just say, oh, well, they just hired on a new Q. 
they didn't have him one for a couple of years and they just brought one on. But the problem, yeah, but the, the problem, problem is, with is that... with the Pierce Brosnan and the Roger Moore ones. That's where your issue would come in. If you're doing age right, that's where the issue would come in. Because Pierce Brosnan's cue was the I can't remember was the was the original cue just passing the torch in Goldeneye. Yep. I think he was because, still there, uh, right? John Cleese, because John Cleese was R, I think. Right. Right, right, random, right, right. So it was kind of past the torch on that movie. But then, so that's clearly when Bond's at a very much younger age than what Roger Moore's last one, where that original Q was still Q. Well, that's See what I'm wondering saying? if, like... That's why I'm trying to figure out any of like, it. It's not going to work. It's not going like, to work. Our ages... Do you think ages are just inconsequential when it comes to the Bond franchise? 100%, yeah. Like, and like, so to me, again, the only thing that really, like, even holds back the Craig ones from tying into the Brosnan ones are literally by him getting the title of 007 at the beginning of Casino Royale. If you didn't have that where he got that title... And he was already that, you could just keep moving forward. Generally. The the M storyline would have made sense, and again, the only big question would be like, what happened to Bond between Pierce Brosnan and Craig? Like, and I think yeah. that would have been an interesting story too, is to see the fall of Bond, basically see where it's like something happened and he fell from grace and basically Just became. Devolved. Yeah. And like, I think that would have been an interesting. More take, savage. But, and like, brutal. I, yeah. but I understand why they didn't go for that because at the end of the day, a it's Bond and every movie doesn't affect the other ones until you get to the Craig ones and B I don't think audiences would have been ready for that by 2005. No, definitely I don't th- not. I don't think that, I don't think we were quite ready for like meta commentary like that until about like, I mean, arguably Scream had that, but that was kind of still like a new weird thing. Mm-hmm. But like, but uh, I honestly don't think we really got comfortable with that idea of the meta-ness until about maybe the late 2000s to early 2010s. Yeah. Yeah, there's that's what's interesting about Bond, right? Like there is no timeline, there is no there is no overarching story at the end of the day. Again, minus the Craig era films, but that doesn't connect to anything else. And I think that's just you just got to love Bond stories for Bond stories. It's going to have James Bond, there's going to be the main parts and you can love it or you can hate it. That's totally your choice. But it doesn't affect any movie around it, which is also kind of nice in its own way. Whereas sometimes when you have trilogies, like we were talking about Star Wars earlier before we started recording, right? You talk about trilogies and how one wrong movie or a couple wrong movies affect the movies around them. Yeah. Right? So that can that can be an issue. Um, whereas James Bond, if the first if the next movie sucks, well, it doesn't really ruin the movie before it because that really had no connection to well, it. Well, because even with the Craig movies, like, do you need to see? casino royale to see like to see quantum kind of i guess but they kind but of like, fill in the gaps right like and honestly like, do you even need in to the... see scott do you need to see any of them before you see skyfall do you need to see any of those before you see specter yeah because i feel like all those movies also still work as standalone bond films and they do a hundred percent i was just gonna say that those movies work completely standalone skyfall probably the most standalone of all yes because it had no connection to anything until specter brought it in to the overarching fold right and that's kind of nice about the bond films but they're only kind of referencing oh this happened it's not essential viewing or affects how you view one movie or the other 
So one movie think, can be bad, but it doesn't ruin the other movie. But I think that speaks to the strength and longevity of what Bond is. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it's worked for as many years as it has. Because every movie is, again, you can take it or leave it. You can like, as you said, you like the odd movies for uh, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig's, yeah. Right? So it's like you can literally like every other film and watch every other film and you're not missing anything. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see moving forward is just that individual basis. Like, even if for some reason we ended up having, like, I like the consistency of having a Bond actor for a couple movies. Mm-hmm. But even if, for say, like, after Daniel Craig for the next, like, six Bond movies, we had, like, a different Bond every movie, it'd still work. As long as the story's good and as long as it's entertaining and as long as it's Bond, yeah, we're good. Like, not everything has to that. be connected. Mm-hmm. And that's really, like you said, that's where they thrived. That's why it's lasted so long. Because not every, they're not held down well, by imagine? story beats and story arcs and whatever else. They can just do whatever the hell they want. Every single movie. Could you imagine if Bond was reliant on continuity? See, yeah, it would not work. Like, it would well. be a mess. It would be a huge be mess at this horrible. point. Yeah, like because basically, then you're relying on the fact that this this secret agent is still in his 30s or 40s (laughs) yeah exactly 60 years later like 60 years later still a young chap right and each film is obviously built in the era it's made right so yeah you're saying bond was still bond back in the 60s but he's still bond right now in 2020 right so there is yeah and that's and that's why i think like honestly i don't think i don't think bond's gonna go anywhere i think he's gonna stick around and keep being him i know he's gonna evolve like as we talked about is he's evolving as time has progressed yeah it's again we don't get the same not okay stuff and sean connery stuff as we like we, we've obviously come a long way from there yeah to what we get in um to what we get in the daniel craig bonds even as films and how they're made huge like jumps and evolutions there's actually a mutual attraction between a man and a woman as opposed <laughs> to like things of one like, one-sided <laughs> exactly like it's and that's i think that that's the strength of the character like the character and that's the strength of the series too is it has never been afraid to evolve mm-hmm. it's never been afraid to change yeah like and i think that's the real strength to it and then too like this is daniel craig's last film this one coming up now and even if bond i feel like for the next bond it's obvious i don't think they're going to keep the continuity right like this will be its unique five film continuity and then i'm sure it'll just go back to random or they'll start a new continuity it's like to continue on from one to the next i don't think will happen i think it's going to go back to just the old style ways of kind of one-off films as we go just a good james bond story do you think that they might try to kill off bond by the end of this movie um i don't know Never really thought about that, to be honest. I'm assuming you'd rather they didn't. I don't know. I don't have any preference, really. Like, if he died, as long as it, as long as the story's told well. Like, at the end of the day. Like, whether a character lives or dies doesn't really matter to me, as long as the story is told well. Like, it'll hurt my heart a little bit, and it'll hurt my soul a bit, but if he dies, he dies. And that's that starts from your complete story from the beginning to the end, right? And puts it all together, and that's a nice little neat package of five movies. And you just keep Which making again, Bond movies, right? Because it doesn't matter if well, he's dead. The thing, I, There's no chronological order. It doesn't matter. And that's, again, the cool thing with Bond, is you could totally do that. You could totally have Bond die in a movie and be like, okay, well, 
X movie. Yeah. Moving on, guys. That's not even necessarily like the the newest or the latest or the last Bond film, right? Yeah. So they have the freedom to do whatever they want, and I think that's really given them the ability to last for sixty years, right? And hopefully, well, make another sixty more. Because even if a Bond film flops, guess what? You just make another Bond film. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, man, this one did terrible at the box office. Okay, let's do one, but let's do it good. Okay. And <laughs> okay, let's do back. it. Like, let's do it good. If it was only that easy, eh? <laughs> let's just make a good movie. Good idea. Why didn't we think about this before? Oh, it was man, only I knew I was missing that something. simple. <laughs> we were forgetting something, and it, it was, was to make a good only movie. Only that simple. Uh, and historically, so, even at the box office, bonds haven't been huge draw, huge draws. Like the fact that it survived so long, as far as it has, is impressive in itself. Because the Bond films, every time they come out, like they're not generally the biggest box office makers. Like more so now in our generation and later down the line. But originally, you look at how much yeah. money those movies made and how well they were recepted. Like, not always great. Not always well, great, they but they off, still they were... last because people love them. And I think they grow on you, when too, they... as time goes on, to be honest. <laughs> well, they started off, man. They were just, they were B-movies. They were not big movies. They were just, yep. like, this random spy stuff that no one really cared about. Yeah, and exactly. It, kind of, it blew up over time. Yeah. Over 60 so... years of time. Exactly. Did you play a lot of Bond video games aside from Goldeneye growing up or not really? Uh, Goldeneye was like the big one on N64. Yeah, man. Man, that golden gun, like one shot kill, bam, that was gold. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> I'm not a good shot. I like slappers only. That was fun. Then <laughs> all the cheats to like make your characters look different and all that stuff. And... Oh, that such a great game for its time. Uh, dude, Just it's still good. Out. Like, it's still fun. Like i have n64 i have a copy of it and just put in multiple controllers it, it's honestly it's good for the multiplayer the story mode's like okay but like the multiplayer is where it's at that's that was my first experience to like yeah. first person shooters that was everyone's man as far like, as like on console pc yeah. i think still had it but but like on console yeah. it just like it really like it was a game changer yeah man like i love it and I'm trying to think of this one other Bond game that I played that was really well done. And I haven't seen another Bond game like it. And it disappoints me that there hasn't been another Bond game like it. Because Bond video games have so much potential to just be great games. And I'm trying to think of what this one was called. Was it on PC or was it on a console? No, it was on console. No, okay, so the one game I was thinking about was Everything or Nothing. And this was the Pierce Brosnan one. It came out in 2003, and it was third person. And it was yeah. really, really well done. Like, it was a really well done. Like, it had a lot of... It had action scenes. It had stealth stuff. It had, uh, you know, obviously great shooting mechanics. And a lot of, like, action scenes with driving and everything like that. And Jaws was in it. And it was great. It was great. I think... The main villain was Willem Dafoe, too. Like, it was actually yep. a fan. I loved that game. It was so good. And I'm disappointed that no games actually come out that's really competed with that. Nightfire was good in the whole GoldenEye type of game. Yeah, like, it, it um, felt it felt very... Nightfire felt very... It just felt like another Bond film. It felt like you were playing through that. And I feel like... Yeah. Chances... I, I just had this feeling that, like, Nightfire and everything or nothing are just kind of, like the top 
that's kind of like where the games really reached. They are. You got Goldeneye, you got Nightfire, and Nightfire and Everything or Nothing are back to back in years. Nightfire yeah. 2002, Everything or Nothing 2003. Very different types of Bond games though. Whereas Nightfire was still that first person, uh, Everything or Nothing was a third person, so it was very cinematic. I was really, I was really upset when they announced Goldeneye back in 2010. Because they're like, oh yeah, we're, oh, re- the remake? we're remaking Goldeneye. With Daniel but Craig. They... And like, why? And then it wasn't actually a remake of the Golden... of the 64 version. Although like it was like, it was supposed to be, but then it wasn't. And then it was just like... It had some elements that were the same, some different. They changed all the actors and stuff. And and like, I don't, I don't know why. Like, it... why would you... It was an alright game. Like, overall, it wasn't the best um let's see which well, that's and i think that's a shame though when like when you're like when you have a really good game that came out on the n64 and then you try to remaster it or remake it and it becomes not as good as the one that was on the n64 <laughs> that's problematic <laughs> that's i'd say so yeah what's this what's this one i mean i did i hear about this one called 007 legends Oh, yeah, that was also not a... Okay, so I bought this game because I thought it would be much better, but it's actually a Bond game, and it's, like, it's first-person style, and it is various Bond movies. So Moonraker was in there. Um, What the hell else was in there? I don't know. There was a couple... There was, like, multiple Bond films in there in the game, but there was only... It was, like, three levels per movie kind of thing. So you never got really a good feeling for the films itself. And they were all Daniel Craig Bond. Like, they did kind of what they did with Goldeneye, but just with different films. But Daniel Craig was the Bond in those films. But he wasn't. Well, why would, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> why not just make Why not just make an original story? Like, why not just tell well, a Well, exactly, brand? man. Because it, did, it didn't do anything any justice. Like, there was no overarching story, right? Because it's like you had three levels... That were in one movie, then three levels in another movie, then three levels in another movie, right? Like, it was not, and the gameplay just, itself was not good. Daniel Craig's had a rough time as far as lazy. Bond games go, but they haven't been great in his era. There was one that was pretty good called Bloodstone that came out in 2010. That one was pretty good. Yeah. Like, that's as close as I ever got to everything or nothing again, but it still was nowhere near as good as that was. But just it's lazy to me. It's lazy writing. It's like wow, write a new story. Man. I know when Acti- I know writing Act- video games is hard, but like, dude, Activision has the rights, and Activision always cheaps out. <laughs> like they always just make like the the crappiest licensed games ever. Like they're you have to get it to a studio that actually cares. And I don't know where the rights are right now for Bond games, but I hope they're somewhere better and they're making some really making a really good game because the potential's there, Hopefully. unlimited potential. For fan, a fantastic game, but well, like Goldeneye still like, this like might sound this bad, but Goldeneye's like, amazing, right? Honestly, if they say that they abandoned making Bond movies and just made exclusive, like made the move over to making exclusive games, that would be like in continuity, kind of. Mm-hmm. I, I'd play them if they're good, if they're done well. Well, like, I don't yeah. even need them. I don't need them to stop making movies. I just make sure a good studio has a right to make good games and it'll happen just it's like you have to have a studio that has a passion behind it 
and where you got the talent and the writing staff and the designers and you know all those types of things it's like a good film right like when you have the right group in yeah. there it works if you have the wrong group in there it doesn't and the bond films of gen or the bond games sorry have generally been cash cows right like they're just cash grabs yeah they have the james bond license that's all they're like ah, that's all we need we'll make money so we they just half-ass make a game yeah do you but, think they would even try as hard to make games if Goldeneye didn't get as re- well received as it did? Oh, for sure they would, because it's a big license. It's a big license, right? Like yeah, Goldeneye so. was like the pinnacle, and it still, honestly, probably is. Like <laughs> as far as Bond Which, games again, go, bizarre. N sixty four, yeah. Pl- like it shouldn't. It shouldn't be the standard, dude. Welcome but to the I, world honestly, of video think, games, man. Like, but I think. The multiplayer is the big thing that elevated its standard because the yeah. story is good. It's fun. The the game mechanics are kind of not great, but I mean it's N sixty four. What do you expect? Yeah, but like that multiplayer that changed to me, and maybe I'm wrong in it, but that changed the face of gaming. No, it changed the game, gaming. especially first person shooters on consoles. Right, the next big leap was Halo when that came out. That was another huge. That was another Halo big two. leap, right? Um. But GoldenEye was kind of the original first-person shooter on console. No one thought it could be done. And right? Halo 5 and they did it. it. And then <laughs> Halo 5 proved it. Well, mechanics-wise, not really. The mechanics were great. It was just the story was shit. But And the multiplayer that didn't exist anymore, except it yeah. did exist, but only online. It's... But, yeah, no, the games, like, the games just have a rocky path. And honestly, if they would just stick true to the spirit of what James Bond is... You have gadgets, you have car chases, you have a bit more of the subtle stuff too, right? Like spy, more spy stuff. Well, great characters, great is... story, dude. Like it is unlimited potential for what a great game. is now, it's perfect to make a Bond game. Perfect, yeah. Like, and it, like you can have all that in one game. You can have a good yeah. shooter. You can have a good hand-to-hand. You can have a good adventurer and platformer. You can have a good detective and mystery. It shouldn't be that hard because look at the Spider-Man games, the Arkham games, Uncharted. Yeah. You can easily turn a movie into a video game or you should be able to. Yeah. But no one wants to put the time and effort into well, it. Well, no, it's not nobody. It's just whoever okay, wins the, the rights, people who right? Have the, the people who have the money and the means don't want to put the time and effort into Like, it's just whoever wins the rights. And you got huge companies gaming like EA and Activision. And usually when they get the rights to things, they'll just milk it, right? And that's what we saw with a lot of the Bond games. Like, a lot of them are just melt games. It's not the quality and the effort put into it. It's just, we have the license. Put, slap that up there, and then just make a half-ass game. Transformers well, have had the same problems. There's Batman has had the same problems. Spider-Man has had the same problems until the PS4 version. You know, like, well, so... it's the same thing with, um... So, any character, any licensed character, these bigger studios get the... Li- they earn they earn the bid right or whatever they get the license and then they make half-assed products because they have the name even star wars games like when they were lucas arts there were good quality star wars games and then ea took over (laughs) and it's been a mess right now finally finally almost what when did they get those license when did they get that license six seven eight years ago and we're because wasn't we're only now one, starting to get better games the battlefront one uh the new series of battlefront yeah. one it was mediocrely received like it wasn't like people didn't hate it but they were like it was okay, it was severely it was severely lacking content 
and then Battlefront 2 came out and they had a story but then all those micro story was junk yeah the story wasn't not good it was actually legitimately terrible as far as like writing and storytelling goes not good uh, I didn't you had it, but it so was, many it was microtransactions and everything was built around the microtransactions. And the only way to progress was li- it was like a literally pay to win system. The more you paid, the faster you could get better. Right. So but at there least was they a lot of now. problems. Yes, it's much better now. They've added a lot of updates over the last two, three years. Um, and it's a considerably better game now and ethical to oh, play. Yeah, I still ethical to play. I- <laughs> I play it on the regular now. It's yeah. fun. Like it's, I have a good time with it. But it's only and now then, in 20, whatever, 2020 that, and you know, Jedi Fallen Order came out last year and that was a really good game. So, so good. it's only now. And they've had this license, I think since 20, whenever Disney bought Lucasfilm. Cause when did Force Awakens come out? 2015? 2015. So you're looking at One. 2012, probably 20. So yeah, I think the EA got the license around 2012 so you're looking and, only now we're finally getting some quality and they've had they've canceled like three or four other games that's so disney almost took away the licensing from them yeah the hell battlefront 2 thing like they were that they was a problem lost it. that was a problem like but i and i think that's the problem with as we said with the bond games now too it's as you said it's the people who have the licensing aren't putting the carriage and i don't yeah and i don't know who has the licensing right now um i don't know if activision still does if they don't, I hope they don't, because I hope it's in the hands of another uh, another development company right now, and they're making a great Bond film, or not Bond film, they're making another great Bond game right now, and we just don't know about it yet. That's what I would love to see. Like, over the next couple years, I'd love to see them being like, we have a new game, and it's going to be dope, because this was built by a passionate team who loves James Bond. And I would have been like, well, and I'd be like, yes, because that's all you need. That's all you need, man. If you have a good enough property and you have people who love that property, you can make amazing things. Exactly. Don't just rely on the property. You got to find the people. Like it's exactly, and put the time and money and effort into it, right? And like that's what it is. And when the big ones get it, they tend to not because they rely solely on the license and put out a half-ass product. But when you get someone, a group who's passionate, they don't just rely on the license. They take the license and elevate it into all aspects of that game, right? And yeah. Bond again has the potential to be incredible. Again, my favorite one, Everything or Nothing. I would suggest even looking it up on YouTube and watching a Let's Play of that because it was great. Like, they had Jaws in there, man. I'm pretty sure Willem Dafoe was the bad guy. It was like Microbots. You went to Russia. You drove a tank. Like, there was just ton. Did you drive a tank in that one? I think so. Regardless, there was a lot of really interesting things they did, even with the car stuff. Like, there was, like, car stealth levels where you had to like drive around not get spotted and little spider bots and this really sick sequence on on a bridge with a motorcycle that had a flamethrower shooting out of the side like it was really dope so that game was tops and that was the best bond game i've ever played probably and to see something like that again would be awesome man i'm surprised it's one that missed my radar but i mean like nightfire was one i played on like I had it on PC and I just play it. I don't think I ever beat it because I'm terrible at video games, but like, <laughs> or at yeah. least I was really bad back then and now I'm, I'm better, but like, but it's one that still like I kept going back to, I kept revisiting because it was a good story. It had me intrigued. It was mm-hmm. fun. Like, and that's at the end of the day, it's the same thing with the Bond movies. I think that's all you need in a Bond game is it to be intriguing and fun. 
Like, it's not that... It's it, Maybe it's harder than we think, but I don't feel it's that hard. <laughs> well, to make a movie, it's always hard, right? Like, to make a game, well, it is always hard. And I get the developers themselves and the creators, no one starts with... No one goes out to be like, we're going to make, make a, a media... <laughs> I'm going to make the most yeah. mediocre movie ever. You know what I mean? We're all trying to make the best movie. Sometimes... Whether it's studio interference, whether it's budgets, whether it's whatever different constraints don't allow that to obviously happen, or whether even the execution isn't quite right and it just doesn't work, sometimes that happens too. Um, yeah. So it's not always easy, but well, sometimes it just, the people who, as long as there's the when there's love and passion into it, it definitely shows. Compares to when there's just we're just doing it to do it but sometimes sometimes even then the people with passion aren't the right people to make that product either yeah that's true yeah it's such a it's such a volatile creating things is such just a volatile a volatile environment yeah it's 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 great and it's fun but it's you gotta have the right people you gotta have the right resources and everything to just capture that like it's it's interesting and overall like bond has been successful Overall, Bond, I think, is generally loved. Like, maybe you don't like one movie here, one movie there. Or maybe you think most of the movies are, like, average at best. But Bond is loved. And it's kind of similar to Star Wars when you think about it, right? There's way more mediocre Star Wars content than there is great Star Wars content. But we all think of Star Wars as being freaking amazing. And it's the same with Bond. There's way more mediocre Bond content than there is amazing Bond content. But we love it. What I think because it's the characters, it it's the world, it's the stories, and how, how it those affects franchises us. make us feel. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, yeah, it's at the end of the day how it feels, and you just get that feeling in your gut, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm excited." Even if this is mediocre, it's still, and a lot of actually, like, not to give too much credit just to the music, but I think a lot of it comes down to the music too. Yeah, because you know you hear that Star Wars theme, and you're like, "Jazz." Do you hear that? bond theme and you're like yeah and it's like i think that it sets the tone man too yeah it's the mysticism of creative arts beautiful man well any other things to mention about james bond here no nothing really about bond i think i'm you're happy oh yeah perfect let us know what you guys think of the bond films the bond characters the actors the games just let us know your feelings on James Bond as well. Because, yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing to look at. I mean, over 60 years of James Bond. Or coming up to 60 years, probably. It's not quite, but it's getting there. It's getting there. 2024? Something like that. 2024 or 2025. Because I think Spectre... Was Spectre 50 years of Bond? I can't remember. Maybe not. Or was that Skyfall 50 years of Bond? Yeah, like it's hard to, to remember. Um, but regardless this decade we're getting to 60 years of james bond and it's just incredible to look at again whether it's the oh. music or the films go ahead uh 2022 okay it came out in 1962 there we go so 2022 two is years. 60 years of james bond two years away and whether you're looking at the characters the films the versions of bond themselves the music it is this traveling it's a time machine man it's like it's time capsule series where you can go back and look and you can see the different influences of the time and it's just i love james bond i love the world i love the music and i just love how you get this huge variation of characters and they're all james bond they're all james bond 
characters, tones, everything. Like, yeah. It's just, it's, it's such a, it's, it's a such a mixed bag. Franchise. It's so unique. It's so unique to right. film. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, Matt, what's next for you this week? Or is it just more Vikings? Oh, just more Vikings, man. <laughs> like I'm on season four now, halfway through episode 12 and it does not disappoint it's very very intriguing and interesting man it always surprises me though like the one thing that's interesting about this series is even though it's like a main character they will die and like (laughs) like you think this character is important four episodes later never mind like they're killed off with like no fanfare it's just like oh they dead yeah like there's this one there's this one thing there's this one character who has a child and then one episode, that child's just dead in a river. And they're like, I found them dead in a river. <laughs> like, just dead. Like, okay. Okay. And then, I, mean, I guess it's realistic. And the lady's like, oh, I thought someone else was watching her. Like, what? Like, it was just... So, like, things like that. Characters come and go so quickly. And, like, they do huge jumps in time. But it's it's a great series. And it's very, very intriguing. And just to see the character development, the overall story arc of the main character is like an, a downward story arc, right? Like, it's not like the character keeps becoming better. It's like you can see the decline in the character over the series. So it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I might even watch some James Bond films now. I feel like I have to go watch the Craig ones again. Just, I don't really remember Spectre that much. So I want to give that a second try and uh, to see what Quantum of Solace is all about again. But I'll start with Casino Royale and go from there. What's next for you, buddy? Do it. Um, I'm not too sure. Uh, we're still making our way through our marathons. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember everything that I'm trying to watch. There's so many things, man. I've actually been revisiting older kids' movies, too. I'll probably Mm. watch Bill and Ted either today or... Nice. Sometime this week. Nice. Um, yeah, because, like, like, uh, this past week I just watched, uh, Space Jam and Who Framed Roger Rabbit Mm -hmm. and Iron Giant. Just kind of revisiting things from the night boot man the night yeah. man the nineties talk just made me like super nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, it does right every time, man. Cool, man. Well, that was a great conversation. I am stuffed. That was that was absolutely a scrumptious buffet of Bond, buffet of Bond. No, uh, a lot of British foods and stuff. Right? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of British stuff. The name's Bond, James Bond. And again, I just loved man just just going back through it and thinking about these films was just great and you get to go back and watch exactly exactly and whether you're talking about like some of the negative stuff of the time period and some of the good things you're like man every one of those films has its own charm to it everyone even the corny and goofy ones they're still like they're still pretty good it's still pretty good oh yeah there's still definitely some entertainment value there but no i enjoyed talking about man it was great and uh yeah that pretty much wraps it up for us today well, of course, you know where to find us if you're listening to us right now. Of course, if you're on YouTube, we're also on podcasts. If you just want to have the audio version, all the links are down below, especially uh, for Ethan's channel, my channel. My channel is getting a rework right now, so there's nothing really of interest to see there. But there's some new stuff coming, and it's coming up. I want to say soon, but depends your point, definition of soon. coming up in life. <laughs> at some point. At some time yeah. in your lifetime, most likely, something will show up there. Um, but yeah, and that's pretty much it for us leave a like comment and uh subscribe so you're always up to date on our next videos yeah. uh, but that's it for feast of films episode 007 
I'm Matt Black. I'm Ethan R. Hill. And we will see you guys later. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. So long. Toodaloo. Is the singing a new thing we're doing now at the end of every video? We almost should. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but, oh, man. but Matt, I'd need to be a good singer then. Ah, you'd do fine.